We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to the MPW Digital Post Game Show. I'm Chase Parm. Sorry for the uh, little bit of delay there. We had some stuff going on, but got that taken care of. And observations are up on the site at rebelgrove.com. I will be with you here for a little while. So we're trying to watch Alabama and Tennessee, the Vols all over the Crimson Tide right now, 28 to 10 in that one uh, going on on CBS right now. So uh, be with you for a little bit. Ole Miss 48, Auburn 34. You guys probably had some tense moments, probably had some uh, some frustration there as uh, tackling not very good. Auburn had some opportunities to make that even closer than it was. Uh Interesting game in a couple different ways. So we'll get into it in, in, uh, over the course of the next couple hours. We'll take your calls. We'll talk to Neil. We'll talk to Jeffrey. We'll talk to uh, Brian as well. Yeah, they do. They uh, they need a, they need a uh, they need a bye week, but it's not coming. LSU up next. Ole Miss hopes that's not symmetry. Is the Rebels are seven and zero for the second time since 1962. The other was in 2014. You know that seven and zero 2014 team went to Baton Rouge and lost. LSU up next. For uh, for Ole Miss, two thirty next Saturday, in that one there in uh, in Baton Rouge. So that's coming up next. But we'll talk about Auburn today again. Forty eight thirty four Rebels get their first win, I guess, at home against Auburn since twenty twelve. Beat them in twenty fifteen over there with Chad Kelly and Ole Miss in uh, in that one. So now Lane Kiffin has beaten every SEC West team except for Alabama. The Tide coming to Oxford on November twelfth, and as we said, they've got their. Uh, Hands completely full right now with Tennessee. I'm going to call Brian in just a couple minutes. Jeffrey was trying to get back to the condo. He was at the game today. Brian was at the game today. We'll obviously talk to Neil when we get done with when he gets done with some some of the coverage there. I am finding Alabama on TV right now, and then we will call Brian in just a couple minutes. What are you guys up to? Did you go to the game? Are you hanging in? Did everybody leave at the delay? Did you stay to the bitter end? Are you watching on your phone or on the drive right now? I went until halftime. And then left as I typically have done doing just to kind of get a feel for things. Crowd was great. Um, it was full. The powder blue seemed to kind of pop. And for a one color thing, which Ole Miss has been doing for a few years now, I thought that uh, 
thought that everything went really well from a crowd standpoint. Now, concessions were bad. We can get into some of those points of sale stuff. But as far as the actual fan base and what they can control, I thought almost did a really nice job with uh, with that today from what I saw. Like I said, I stayed until halftime and then left to get everything set up and, and work from home the rest of the way. Yeah, if you're, look, if you're Ole Miss, best case scenario, if you're trying to win the SEC West, you can obviously beat Alabama outright. But you would be cheering for Tennessee today. There'd be no reason not to. Cheer for Tennessee today. Try to get Alabama a second loss, and that even gives you one. Gives you a little bit of uh, a little bit of cushion. Yeah, I was watching BYU Arkansas for a minute just because, and then once that once I realized I don't know why I'm doing this, let's switch over to, to Alabama and Tennessee. We did that, and then you know all good from there. No, th- there was lightning around the place, but it uh. It, there, there was no storm or anything. I mean, if you were not here, there was there was no there was no actual inclement weather going on. I think there is another cell coming, so hopefully it does not pop our power out or have any issues. But for the most part, everything's fine. So again, I'm going to call Brian in a second, and then we're going to talk to him. We'll talk to Jeffrey when he's available. Neil, I've got the uh, the stats page up. You know, they Ole Miss rushes for 448 yards today. Three different guys go over the hundred yard mark. Judkins with the fourth. 100-yard game of his career. They've only played seven. He had 98 in the other one. As we've talked about, Deuce McAllister's career record very much in play um, from a career standpoint. 14 is the record. Judkins now already at four through uh, through seven games of his uh, of of his career. So uh, let's see. Let's get skip Brian on the line. Yeah, the, the three-man front was a struggle today for sure. Um, there's no doubt about that. It was it was a problem. Um, they just were trying to force third downs and then make Ashford beat them on third down. That was I feel I felt like that was the goal today. I'll ask Jeffrey about that in a little while. Tyler, huge thank you, huge super chat there. Really appreciate you, my man. Says this game feels bigger than Kentucky. Might be recency bias, but Auburn's been a problem for a very long time. Good, beating good Ole Miss teams, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Auburn is not as good as Kentucky, but I do understand from the standpoint of just what it means psychologically to kind of get the win over Auburn to, to do that kind of thing. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I understand why why fans think that. I mean, look, like I said, I was told a couple weeks ago it was one of the most expensive hotel weekends in Ole Miss history. Well, that happens because Auburn is a name team. It was a good weekend for a couple different reasons. You know, Kentucky still doesn't have quite that same feeling when you see that they're the home game on the schedule. Auburn does uh, there. And, yeah, it was a huge win. I mean, it, it was a game that – Shows you just how far Lane has taken the program as to all that crap we talk about. And look, I'm I'm much worse about it than Neil of hey, this, this, and that, and they haven't beaten this team since then and whatever. This is kind of a new old miss in a lot of way. I'm not doing the new normal thing. I'm not doing a freeze thing, but none of that stuff applies here. Old Miss now, I mean, we're still keep doing the math. We keep running the numbers up. They're 18 and 3 in their last 21 games. 18 and 3 in their last 21. I mean, think about that. That is it's pretty heady, heady, significant stuff there. So I mean, you can't you can't minimize what that what that means for this program at all. Um, yeah, Auburn defensively is pretty talented. I mean, if we're just being really honest, I, I, th- I thought Auburn defensively was, it w- was pretty good. Now Ole Miss ran all over them, and they're they're a catastrophe as far as scheme and just how they how they play. Ole Miss gets up twenty one nothing, kind of lets them back into it, but. Look, it's a win. A win. It will win is a win. It's seven. It's seven and zero. Still undefeated. Again, only the second time since 1962 that the program has been seven and zero. 
calling you, calling Brian now. So give me one second, guys. It's a little loud, I think. Probably. Yeah, I can hear you, Ken. So, are you in the grove? What are we doing? We uh, we just walked under a large tree uh, outside the grove to get away. But yeah, I just walked up to the grove, um, to my family's tent. And so uh, we're just hanging out after the delay. So let's get right into it. I won't keep you too terribly long. Uh, but Ole Miss seven and zero. They had to Baton Rouge. I was just telling the stream a second ago. By the way, Jonathan Bass, thank you for the super chat. That that's eighteen and three now in the last twenty one. Somebody said in the thread, Lane Kiffin has killed the WAOM, the We Are Ole Miss. You know, it's it's one of those deals where we come into this game. Everybody was watching. If you had to worry about the game, it was the name on the helmet. It was the brands and the fact that Auburn had beaten Ole Miss so much over the last, I mean, really 60 years if we go back to there, but especially in recent history as well. It's just not a game Ole Miss typically wins. And Auburn made it close. Auburn probably made some people nervous a little bit, but Ole Miss went start to finish as the better football team, the better coached football team, the more mentally stable football team, and they rushed for 448 yards. And I'm watching the stream here, and everybody's – happy everybody's pumped up but everybody's also kind of looking ahead we talked about it last week it's just amazing how sort of the culture has changed and you get a two touchdown win over Auburn to go to seven and oh and really the 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 message from from the fan base to this point is again I'm reading the stream is okay what's next and I think part of that is the schedule and the way this entire year set up because this is very unique right I mean we talked about this the last couple weeks I mean Ole Miss is going to enter the fourth week of October with a redshirt freshman quarterback that hasn't played a true road game. And so I think for these first six, seven games, it's kind of just like, yeah, this is, you know, it's looked fine, it's looked whatever, but like with what's coming, it feels like they're picking nits. But everything you just outlined is absolutely correct. I mean, they're 18 and three in their last 21 games. I mean, that's that's rarefied air that not, not a lot of programs get to. And again, it's it, you can kind of revert back to the similar things we talked about last week. That game could have gotten weird, right? Auburn got it to seven, Ole Miss had a quick three and out. And they did enough to win the game. It wasn't exactly a work of art. Um, the defense, I didn't think, played particularly well. But they did plenty to win the game in which they never trailed. And they just kind of handled their business despite playing you know, kind of poorly, particularly against the run on the defensive side. And I think that's the mark of a changing culture. I think you underscored that pretty well in what you were saying. It's, it's, times are changing because, you know, you're talking about the critiques of a 14-point win against an SEC West opponent that's kind of had your number for the last decade and a half. Alabama not dead. They get in the end zone pending the PAT. It would be 28-17 balls over the tide. Now, the problem for Tennessee is going to be simply – or the problem for Alabama is going to be stopping Tennessee. Hooker has all the time in the world to throw and is firing darts across the middle of the field. We're not going to talk about Alabama-Tennessee with you, but that is the update there, 28-17 Wow, so balls they scored now. again. I, I'd seen 21-10. I was a little bit behind on the score app. So that yeah. was 28-10 at one point? Yeah, that is Whoa. correct. It was 28-10, now 28-17 as Reichert hits the PAT there. You were in the stadium today. Uh, I was just complimenting the crowd a minute ago. They pulled off the powder blue. It was full. I was there for a half. I thought that the crowd did give or at least try to give the defense energy throughout the game. It felt, I mean, it felt pretty close to an A-plus from a fan environment standpoint. Given getting people to show up to games, I don't really think there's any other way to put it. They've sold out back-to-back 11 a.m. games. Uh, You know, in this modern age of college football where the TV experience is so good and, you know, the stuff we've talked about for months on end on the podcast and, you know, trying to get people to games and, 
the at-home experience drawing people in. They're getting people to show up, and it, it, it's impressive. It, I was impressed by the crowd size. I thought, you know, from what I could see, the only empty sections were kind of the sporadic pieces of Auburn sections. They didn't seem to bring a ton of people. But, yeah, I thought it was a good environment, particularly for an 11 a.m. game. I, I think if you had just dropped someone there and not told them what time it was, I don't think you could have told them it was an 11 a.m. game until the bizarre lightning delay there at the end. But, yeah, I, I thought the crowd was great, and I, I think it helped Ole Miss at some points in the game. Ole Miss got up 21 nothing in the first quarter. They outgained – I don't have it – I wrote it in observations. I don't have it in front of me right now. They outgained Auburn like 225-23 to 23 in the first quarter. And then Auburn comes back, gets up – gets to gets to 14 points – I thought after the weird interception, it was not Jackson Dart's fault. The defense holding Auburn to that field goal was huge. When you get into the break at 11 instead of 7, it sort of changed demeanor a little bit. It, I think it calmed Ole Miss down. They come out. They play pretty well at the beginning of the second half. Um, what was the most nervous part of the stadium? What was sort of the feel in the stands or wherever you were as, as Auburn was somewhat closing it up there in the second quarter? I think probably the fact when they went down the field with relative ease right after halftime and scored, um, because, you know, Ole Miss was a three and out away from that game getting a little bit weird. I would say that was the, probably the only time where it got kind of testy. And then, of course, Ole Miss scored, and I was going to the bathroom. Was that a full-fledged onside kick or some kind of weird sky kick? What, what exactly happened there? I didn't actually get to see that play. I was still getting back into my seat. What, what, what are we talking about? So they got up, they Ole Miss, Auburn scored, Ole Miss answered, and then Ole Miss appeared to recover some sort of onside they kick. They just straight up on onside kick. They I mean, it looked like the Saints in the okay. Super Bowl. It was just a straight onside kick. Yeah, so, I mean, at that point it was quelled pretty quickly. But I would say that at the point it, it got probably the most uneasy uh, from a tension standpoint. It was probably when Auburn went straight down the field after halftime to score to cut it to, I guess that would be, what, seven? No, four. I guess they cut it to four. They Is that to correct? Four. Yeah, they got it to one possession. Yeah. At that point. I mean, uh, they were okay. in it. Ole Miss is three and out away at that point from it getting weird, right? Oh, there's no doubt about that. And I think that's the deal. I mean, when you look at this game overall, I don't know if there was ever a point, well, much like last week, except even more so because it's Auburn. It's not Vanderbilt. It's easy to have this opinion when you're playing Vanderbilt. But I never thought Ole Miss was going to lose the football game. They, they got up early. They dictated tempo offensively with the run game the entire day. And – I'm, I'm going to kind of ask everybody about Jackson Dart, so I'll avoid just peppering you with a bunch of Dart questions. But despite being 9 for 19, I thought he managed the game well. I thought he's a gamer. He's a winner. I thought that the run game was so good, you thought, okay, Ole Miss is going to be able to drive down the field and score if they have to. It was one of those deals where they kind of beat themselves when they did not score offensively. They had Auburn's number from a schematic and a run game standpoint. Ole Miss – Ole Miss was in control even when the game tightened up. It felt like Auburn needed the turnover, needed the break. And now I think a lot of the angst and the anxiety would have come from, well, we that you know Ole Miss can give them that turnover or that thing. But if you just kind of watch the game outside of Bigs, you know, I think Bigsby's a freak. I mean, he is a man's running back. He is a stud. And Ashford could do a lot of things with his legs as well. But outside of that, where it was sort of improv- improvisation, Ole Miss sort of did so much better with its actual offense and actual game plan and controlled the game when things weren't weird or crazy. Yeah, and as it pertains to the dart aspect of it, I I was texting Buchanan a couple times throughout the game, and he was 
I wouldn't say frustrated, but perplexed at, by the game plan, particularly as it pertained to the passing game. You mentioned Dart was 9-19 for 130 yards. I think that was his same stat line with about seven or eight minutes to go in the game. I don't think he threw a pass in the final seven to eight minutes. I could have that incorrect. But today felt more like on the receivers in the game plan, didn't it? it, it they didn't seem to create separation. Obviously, you had the the screen pass where Mingo drops it and it ends up being an interception. Clearly that's not on dart. Although it sounded like Dan Orlovsky was trying his damn just to blame it on that. I guess I'll have to go watch that in the morning, but it just felt like today they didn't really have a ton of guys open and you know, not to sound too overly Pollyanna about it, but I mean, it's a credit to dart for not self-destructing and making that, you know, one mistake that he's been prone to per game, but it just didn't seem like they had a lot of options and as creative as they've been, you know, getting guys the football, right? I mean, Dayton Wade carried the football out of the backfield a couple of times today and scored on the touchdown pass. They found different ways to get different guys the football. I thought the Judkins call um, on that third down and goal where they brought him across the left side to the right and threw it for a touchdown was a great play call. But with all that said, it didn't feel like they did a whole lot to get receivers open. That, to me, was more the story of the day than anything Dark did. And it's kind of weird coming off a game where Mingo tore up the record books and then you have – um, Malik Heath have a hundred yard game before that. I mean, you, I don't know if you saw something different, but today was more schematic wise in terms of struggling in the passing game or on the receivers. I didn't think Dart played bad. I just didn't think he had a ton of options. I mean, you look at it, Ole Miss rushes for 448, and to my knowledge, unless I'm forgetting something, Ole Miss only did a deep play action pass one time. They tried to hit me at some point there in the second half, time, right? right? Yeah, right before the lightning delay, they went to it. And now look, um, Mingo was bracketed a good bit before that, and, and you know Auburn really focused on taking him out of the game, which opened up the run game in a lot of different ways. I mean, Auburn did things dominating, you know, trying to defend the pass that did open up the run. However, in saying that, you had them completely looking in the backfield because of the way you're running the football and running the football in multiple ways. I mean, Jackson Dart went over 100 yards today, so even him on the keepers was going for over the century mark. You would have thought the downfield passing would have been open. And it either is like they either didn't have it for some reason that we did that, that we weren't aware of, or it's the deal where they were running the ball so much that Lane didn't take the chance of the pick down the field or something. You know what I mean? It almost felt like he was being as safe as humanly possible with the game plan to say, "Hey, we're just going to run it and run it and run it and run it and run it, and that's going to get the job done." And then they scored forty-eight points and. They stole one possession, but it wasn't like they had defensive touchdowns or something coming off turnovers that really gave them a lot of short fields. No, and to add on to that, I think that's well said, and I think that's probably there's something to that because I noticed, and I wrote down this note at the beginning of the game, so at the beginning of the game, they they had Mingo and Heath on the same side of the field, on the short side of the field a couple of times, and then they would line up Mingo in the H-back on the same side that they often had Casey Kelly on, too. And so they, they gave a lot of weird-looking fronts. I don't know if that's technically called an overloaded front, but they – they would have him on the H-back side, on the same side as Casey Kelly, too. And it seemed like there was a lot of misdirection, right? They set it up twice with that kind of toss out of the shotgun. Yeah. And then they did that off play action the third time. They kind of faked it. And then they went the other way. It seemed like they kind of had something there with Auburn from a misdirection standpoint. And you're exactly right. I think they played it as safe as possible because they knew they could run it on them. They were very creative in the way they ran the football. It just seemed like some of the passing stuff suffered because of it. Maybe some of that is by design. I don't really know. But it just did seem from a passing standpoint that it just wasn't a whole lot available to Dart today. And, again, maybe that was by design. I mean, running for 448 yards will play. I think you'll win a lot of games doing that if you can do it. 
it's frankly hard to lose when you run for 448. I would say that's safe. I mean, really is. It, it's really hard to lose football games when you run for, 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 for 448. You know, Ole Miss didn't tackle well against Tulsa, and we said, okay, so far it's an anomaly. That's the only time it had been bad. It was rough today. And it wasn't even necessarily missed tackles. It was the amount of times that Auburn players were able to extend for the extra one or two yards. I mean, even, look, the game was basically over. Auburn would have had to go down, score, get an onside kick, score again. And with that offense, that was asking for eight miracles at once because, I mean, the Tigers scored 34, and that was about as well as they damn could have done because they hit several big plays. And it wasn't like they drove the field. Bigsby just made things happen. And Ashford is pretty good from improving outside the pocket. But point being, even on that last drive for Auburn, there were multiple fourth downs where if you just step up and tackle the quarterback where he is, the series is over. And twice, Ashford was able to power through defenders, get two or three extra yards, and extend extend the game, essentially, at that point. Ole Miss just, they did a bad job tackling. They, I feel like their angles were worse than usual today. And then also, it felt like they did not do a very good job of stopping the runners where they were, even if it wasn't Bigsby, and, and, and not, you know, the after-contact stuff did not go their way. And I wonder how much of that was just one of those days, because in college football that happens. It just is what it is where some stuff isn't explained. But then also, how much of it is a step up in competition from a physicality standpoint? Because they played Kentucky, but Chris Rodriguez is not Tank Bigsby when it comes to stopping guys at the point of attack and the burst that Bigsby has. I mean, he, he could go play anywhere in the country. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's the, the ultimate question, right, is the fact that is it a step up in competition? Because there's something about tackling at the second level we talked about with a couple weeks, and it, it struggled today. I mean, I think, what, I was looking at it after the game, Tank Bigsby carried the football 20 times and averaged nine, uh, nine yards to carry. Um, Jarquez Hunter carried it 10 times and averaged eight yards. Like, that's troubling. And on top of that, Ashford made a lot of plays with his feet. And I'd be interested to go back and watch the game tomorrow because it didn't seem like Ole Miss brought a lot of pressure. And I don't know what that stems from. I'm not going to pretend to try to tell you. I could figure out what that is. But I don't know if it's the fact that they had early success running the football early in the game and that kind of threw them off a little bit. But they didn't pass the litmus test from that point. Tank Bixby came into that game averaging 2.6 yards per rush in three SEC games. The offensive line for Auburn had been really, really bad. And it was almost impossible to gauge Tank Bixby's season to that point because of the fact that he's just basically running behind five ghosts, and they had a ton of success with it today. And then when you add the fact that they can't really throw the football down the field, and Ashford was just kind of running wild. I don't know what he ended up with from a net rushing standpoint. I'd be interested to see what, you know, minus the sack yardage, what that factored into. But that's kind of the great question, because I do think if Ole Miss plays that way against the run next week, you know, they've they've got a pretty good shot of getting beat. It it wasn't great. And the tackling at the second level, I thought, turned a lot of five- and six-yard carries into – you know, 17, 18, 20-yard carries a couple of times, and that really hurt them and kept Auburn in the game. I, again, it, it's the, it's a great question. Is it a step up in competition, or is it just one of these things where, as we see in college football, it's such a week-to-week sport now that they just have a bad day? And I'm not sure we'll find that out until Baton Rouge next weekend, because I can promise you that Auburn, I mean, that was she's going to put on that film and try to figure out a way to run the football on Ole Miss. And for all the struggles in their passing game, they have a quarterback that can extend plays with their legs. Ashford went for about 70 if you take out the sacks. Something like that. But the deal with that How too much is do what? How much did he go total, did you say? Well, it's 70 taking out the sacks, but you have to remember a couple times he was on design runs that lost a, a crap ton of yards. 
So those wouldn't even be counting yeah. in the, you know what I mean? Like those wouldn't even be counting inside the sack totals. I'd have to look that's at his, the one his actual yard by yard. That's how they fared against the run. Do what? Right? I mean, that, that's the damper. I mean, I texted you at 21 nothing, and I thought Auburn was going to quit. And then it turns out they just kept plugging away and running the football. That's the one damper for today is the fact that Ole Miss didn't tackle well on the second level and really got kind of abused against the run for most of that game. Bigsby, you said he went for nine a rush, which is absolutely correct, but he went for over six a rush if you remove the 50-yard run. That's still not great. So if you even take the 50-yard run out where he just had a, you know, he had the one steroid, if you will, to his run game, he still averaged six yards. No, it's it's it's, it's a problem. Because in a lot of ways, LSU had it in. Do what? He was at 2.6 in three SEC games headed in. That's a huge jump. Oh, was he really? I didn't know that. Auburn is the is a poor man's version of LSU offensively. I mean, if you're Ole Miss and you have a concern for next week, that is the concern. Because I guess that's what I'm saying is it's such a weird deal. We're going into week eight or whatever we're go, we're doing here, and as you said, they had not had a, they won't have a true road game until next week. Now we'll see what kind of mood LSU's in, but still, I don't think it's going to be terrible. I mean, they're average if whatever else. And then whatever Auburn does now, Bigsby is better whenever LSU has in the backfield. But at the same time, LSU does other things schematically, and their quarterback is much, even though he's not good, he is better than Ashford. I mean, you're you're going to get a lot of the same looks from LSU next week. I'm curious to see what Pete does in his pigskin preview, but it is going to be the more improved version of Auburn. Ole Miss is going to have to be better with angles and tackling those things because, I mean, as we know, things can get pretty 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 real. Yeah, they absolutely can. And that's going to be a fascinating football game next week, right? And now it kind of seems like, all right, this is real. Ole Miss is 7-0. and This is kind of what we talked about in the preseason. I think they could start 7-0. and What do they do in these final five games? They have a road test at LSU. They have a road test at Texas A&M. Can they get to the bye week against Alabama? Kind of okay and intact with an undefeated record. I think they can go down and beat LSU. I don't think that's really any sort of breaking news. I would probably wager on Ole Miss to win that game. But they're going to have to play a lot better defensively. Today was, again, they kind of failed the litmus test, right? I mean, look, Auburn hadn't had a ton of success running the football because of how bad their offensive line had been, and they had a lot of success today. How much can Ole Miss improve that in the next six and a half days before going down in their first true road test? Because that, coupled with, you know, a turnover or two, is really how they're going to find themselves in the dogfight next week. LSU's not a good football team, but, you know, they have ways to exploit that Ole Miss defense who can definitely hang around in the game. You've been wonderful at prognosticating so far this season. What is your early thought on next week? Was that a shot at my 35% record? I went 500 last week. I was telling people, don't let me get hot. <laughs> well, I, I think mean, Ole Miss win. I think Ole Miss wins by field goal. You, you do have the April 30th type Ole Miss thing going on. I mean, they were 7-14 and 14 in the SEC on, on May 1st. Two weeks ago, I left Arkansas at rock, uh, at rock bottom. Yeah. I wondered where my job security was. And now I'm just saying, don't let me get hot. I told you Tennessee might win this game. It's looking good so far. So I'll say Ole Miss wins by a field goal, which means hammer LSU. Congrats to the people out there. Did you, uh, did you have Ole Miss or Auburn? I had Ole Miss. So that's a uh, loss on the, uh, on the old spread there, I believe, from uh, the way it was. I thought for a while it would be 21 up, and I was like, all right chalked that one up as a winner and then that just it hung around 10 14 points the whole time you know zach evans or judkins whoever had that last carry if he breaks one more tackle he could have had the cover it's, it's just disappointing to see they didn't have the heart to put that in and cover the spread 
got somebody that either a kid has a phone or somebody is uh, is in medical condition in the stream because they were just posting a bunch of gibberish. I had to put him in timeout because it's just clogging up the stream. So I don't know. Or he has a like, really high blood alcohol content. Yeah, I have a hunch that um, I have a hunch that Jay has a much higher um, alcohol situation going on than I do right now. I'm just I'm drinking carbonated water, and I think Jay's probably been hammered since like midway through the game at some point uh is Auburn going to fire Brian Horson this week or is he going to survive you know it's weird at 21 nothing it felt like right uh, this is happening right he's getting the pink slip Sunday morning this is probably over with they showed some fight today I don't think that will probably appease a ton of Auburn boosters but if they hadn't fired him at this point what do you do about getting beat by two touchdowns at Ole Miss where you had a pretty good offensive output which has been your problem look he's getting canned right it's just how long they play out the string I I would venture to say he probably survives another week, but aren't they going into a bye week now? Maybe they do pull the trigger anyway. Yeah, it is a bye week. I mean, they have two weeks. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know what the reasons are. I mean, if you're jumping into the fray, and I know the argument is, well, you're going to go ahead and you know start getting your pick of the litter because of this or that or whatever, and you get to start the process. And okay, fine. That 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 that's that. It is what it is, but. Are you really? I mean, if you're if this if Q free stuff is real, you can go get Hugh whenever. You don't have to fire the. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'm mumbling over myself. I guess I see both sides of it because the argument is go ahead and get somebody else in there and start your search. But at the same time, Auburn is not like their interim is going to go win the gig. You know what I mean? They're not going to bring some coordinator up and let him go six and zero, oh and suddenly there's like this this clamoring because Auburn's already made up its mind from a fan base standpoint who it's clamoring for, whether it's be one or two or three guys. So in some ways it just is what it is. They just want to head on the platter. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. solving any issues hiring Brian Arson. It's just how mad are their boosters or the people that make decisions after a loss to Ole Miss who they don't really lose to very often. And at what point do they get to the tipping point and they just say, all right, we're, we're kicking this guy to the road again, not solving any issues. That to me just feels like, you know, at what point does it get to the point where you just act like they demand flesh and he would be the flesh that kind of goes on the, the chopping block there? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, that goes Jacob, men walking you from February on. Jacob has an interesting thought in the stream because he says, I don't think Auburn fires harsh in midseason. I look at their staff. They don't, they don't have a decent interim. You don't need a decent interim. Like in some ways. Has it the point? Do what now? You don't have a guy that can win the job. That that sounds like a more optimal situation to go ahead and do it, right? If you have a guy that's going to take over that has no chance of winning it. Yeah, you don't want a good interim. Because, frankly, with the way Auburn works from a the society ecosystem standpoint, you kind of want them to be as pissed off as possible because that's when they spend more money and do stupid stuff, crazy stuff. Like, so the and more you lose, like the more they pretty- just get frustrated. Because they're just going to blame it on Harson anyway. When the interim loses – Oh, well, Harson didn't give us crap. I mean, even with this guy calling plays, it doesn't matter. We suck. You know what I mean? It's still all on Brian. Yeah, I, I think there's a no-win situation from having the, the, the interim continue to coach the second half of the season. And, again, unless he has no shot at getting it. I don't even know who the interim would be. Like, I, I, Again, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But I think he probably survives the week, but it wouldn't stun me if they go into the bye week and they're just like, all right, you go back out to the West Coast. You know, you can join the Sea organization or whatever he's into. I don't really know. But, well, I'd give it a coin flip chance he gets fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you absolutely want the, the bad in Rome and this thing to just fall apart with whatever else is uh, is going on. I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want anybody to even think about, think about winning. Uh, what's, the, what's the plan? Head back to the Grove? 
Yeah, probably headed back to the Grove for a little bit, talk to my parents, and then uh, I'm really just uh, – I, I don't really have the crowded bar scene in me anymore, so hopefully I get to post up somewhere with some uh, LB's Meat Market. That's what we in the biz call a plug, and uh, <laughs> watch the night games is probably my plan. What's, uh, what's the move from LB's? I like the filet burgers. We got some tri-tip going on as well, but, you know, as, as someone that is, uh, I would say, culinary challenged like myself, you can just throw the filet burgers on the grill – flip them a couple of times, it's hard to screw them up. You know, it, it, if they're burnt, you can't get sick is what I realized. So I, I think that's probably the move. You haven't gotten better at cooking with the living alone over the time? It has not been great. It's just been hitting the Oxford takeout scene, which is actually shrunken from the Dallas takeout scene. So I'm really just down to like three restaurants a week that I'm just a regular at. It's, uh, it's a sad state of affairs over here. If someone wants to give me cooking lessons there in the stream, I'm all ears. Yeah, we're gonna have to give you. We're gonna have to get you like five dishes that you can just knock out. You're gonna have to teach me like I'm four though. Like I'm talking basic, basic stuff. Pour the I mean, milk we, and X and do Y. I mean, we could put this shit on video. It's, this could be content. It could. Maybe we could get currents in the mix, being like, "Good God, this guy's hopeless." But I, it'd be good content. Yeah, I, the MPW digital version of like whatever that is on Food Network about like worst chefs in America or whatever that thing's called. Neil, Neil would know. He watches that stuff. I think it's I would doable. I think I'm the belt. Yeah, I don't so. even know the show, but I, I would win. Yeah. Enjoyed it, bud. Let's talk Monday. Absolutely. Have a good one. Right. Was Brian Rippey joining us here on the uh, the show? Yeah, get a crock pot might be the uh, the number one advice because you can do anything with an Instapot or a crock pot to get, to get some meals done. I, I think probably should have kept Brian. We're going to get Brian a crock pot. I mean, we bought computers for people. We can buy a crock pot for somebody. And give them five, ten crockpot meals. You can make that thing work, especially as the uh, as the uh, the time goes through. Yeah, Randall, I'm just saying I wasn't being rude. Like, I mean, I agree. It, it, it's it's not ideal with with a solo deal. It, it's you lose banner, you lose certain parts of the show and the jovial nature of it for sure. I just there's with what we're trying to do overall. I mean, I think at times we've forgotten that. I'm not forgotten. That's not that that that's not fair to us, but. We're a website and a podcast and how to manage those all effectively to the point that we that we have. And our written content and our written coverage had really suffered for the most part with uh, um, with what we were doing last year. So we're looking for the right we're, we're looking for the right middle ground. I, th- I mean, I think we're going to try some different things for sure, but I, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Yeah, I think we can have Neil cook. I think we can do some cooking lesson stuff. I think this is not a bad idea. I mean, we can even live stream this thing. We can do 45 minutes where we're, we're, we're grilling and doing some recipes. I, I think we might be on to something here. I, I had known this about Brian, but I'd kind of forgotten that's where uh, that's where we were we were at. So I'm going to uh, – we're still waiting on Jeffrey to get ready. Again, he was – everybody was at the game. So our, uh, our deal becomes a little more strange from a scheduling standpoint. With everybody getting ready, but that's cool. Glad he and uh, Aaliyah uh, enjoyed it. I can't speak, and we're still in the first hour of the show, so that's not great. Yeah, 28 degrees in Oxford on Tuesday. We're going to potentially get like a hard freeze. It's going to be a mess next week. I'm I'm not a cold-weather person. I I would rather 98 than 28. And we're getting the early hard freeze potentially next week. It's going to be different. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pull up some stats. We'll go over those. If anybody uh, wants to call, might even go ahead and open the calls up because there's no reason not to, nobody else. So 662-259-7556 when we're waiting on Jeffrey and Neil 
somebody would like to call and talk about the game, cooking, whatever you want, that's fine. You got LM in Tennessee on the TV right now as well. So uh, there's a number, 662-259-7556. As Brian and I mentioned, Jackson Dart goes 9 for 19, 130 yards, three touchdowns, the one interception. It's only 47% on a completion percentage, but uh, I, I really I thought Dart managed the game well. I want to talk to Jeffrey about it. I want to talk to Neil about it. The stat line didn't completely give him justice on what he did today because he was good in the run game. He was good on decision makings. The one interception was not his fault at all. And he just sort of followed the plan and managed and did what he needed to do. They did not push a lot down the field. Um, he missed Heath on that touchdown when Lane did like the yoga pose thing, frustrated on the sidelines. But outside of that, I really just kind of thought it was okay. I thought he was very careful, but careful is not a bad thing when you run for 448 yards or whatever it was. I mean, that's a that's a good thing. That's the point um, when you have that type of run game going and then just some mauling numbers in the run game. Ole Miss, Quinshawn Judkins, 25 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns, including that long 41-yard run. It kind of put the game away there in the second half. He averages 5.6 yards per carry. Zach Evans goes 21 carries, 136 yards. He uh, he had some tough runs late that sort of uh, kept the clock going, kept the sticks moving as well. One touchdown for him along a 26 and a half per carry for Evans. And then Jackson Dart, 14 carries, 115 yards. No touchdowns, that's okay, along a 22, averaging 8.2 in that one. And then uh, Dayton Wade, 464 for 63. He was just... Kind of electric all the way around. Those were all jet sweeps. He did a really good job with. And then uh, in the passing game, he catches the touchdown. He was pretty good there too. I mean, Wade goes two catches, forty-four yards in the score. That was a four. It was a thirty-five-yard touchdown for uh, for that one. Uh, Jordan Watkins leads Ole Miss with four catches, forty-three yards. So not much at all there. But um, four for forty-three is the leading receiver. Zach Evans one for twenty-three. Uh, that was a touchdown, as you remember there. Ryan said Judkins, but that was Evans on that catch. And then Casey Kelly, one catch, 13 yards. It didn't move the sticks. That was a critical catch when Kelly had it there as he sort of lunged across the line for a first down at that point. And then uh, Judkins, he also had his touchdown, one catch, seven yards on that one, a long seven, 10 of those after the catch for, uh, for Judkins. On the Auburn side, Robbie Ashford, 8 of 17, 140 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Brandon, are you okay? Do we need to, like, send out a search party? Are you trying to signal something to us in Morse code, or does your three-year-old just have your phone? I'm, I'm probably leaning on the final thing, but just kind of curious there what's uh, what's going on. Yes, the Braves uh, – Eliminated after a hell of a uh, divisional series run. Phillies are going to move on here to the NLCS. Yeah, I'm a little worried about you, Brandon, but I think your I think your kid just has your phone. That's my guess. Uh, rushing again, Tank's Bigsby, Tank Bigsby for Auburn, twenty carries, one hundred seventy nine yards, two touchdowns. That long of fifty, that was a fifty yard touchdown run. Uh, Jacquez Hunter, as Brian mentioned, 10 carries, 80 yards on that one, along with 48. He averaged eight yards a carry. So Bigsby averaging nine, and then Hunter averaging eight. I mean, my God. Um, here, we're going to 
yeah, I'm going to have to stop Brandon again simply because it's affecting the show of, at, at this point. There we go. Got that uh, fixed. Sorry about that in the game for a second. Neil says he's actually in a spot to go ahead and talk. So I might go ahead and go to Neil here in a second and uh, get his thoughts on the game. He's back in the press box from Lane's press conference. Let me ask him exactly. Oh, well, hold on. Hold on. Jeffrey's ready. So never mind. We'll call Jeffrey here in a second, and then we'll call Neil after that. Let Neil get a little more content. He's already got some stuff up at rebelgrove.com, but um, he will be with us here soon. I will call Jeffrey in one minute. There's really nothing else overly appealing from the stats page there for, uh, for that one. Give me one second here, guys, and we'll get this uh, get this going. What are y'all watching while Alabama and Tennessee are at half? What else is what else is on? What's keeping your attention? Are you just watching baseball? I saw some Astros chatter there in the stream. Oh, Oklahoma State. What, what what channel is Oklahoma State on? Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna watch the Astros. I'll find Oklahoma State. Hi, you've reached Jeffrey with ninety two nine FM. Please Give him a second there. Let him call back. ABC for Oklahoma State. Okay, let's go around there then. Oh, CBS comparing Hooker to Joe Burrow. That is something. I mean, look, Hooker's been really good, but we're we're getting on over in the rarefied praise at that point. Let him, let's see if we can go ahead and finish this game off first. It does not feel like this is 100% over here for Tennessee. Now, I have element covering just because I was looking at names on helmets. Yeah, Jeffrey's got a good voicemail. I don't think my voicemail is probably as good. Jeffrey's got a good voicemail. Let's find ABC while we are waiting. Not watching NC State Syracuse either. What what is the NC State Syracuse score? What's going on there? I I, I don't know about blitz them, but yeah, I'm not giving up on Bama yet in this at all. I mean, this this thing is not over. Randall, thank you, my my guy. Keep up the good work. Appreciate you for the super chat. 
yeah, we're just making it work. We're, we're trying to figure it out. Um, Jeffrey is trying to call me in a way that I don't know I have it set up. So give me a second to try to figure out if that is required or not. I'm not sure. You there, Jeff? The whole cracker, you didn't chew it. Hello? Jeffrey, you there? All right, sorry. I guess I, I tried to call you from my computer and you called to my phone. Oh, my fault. Well, it's because I couldn't get my phone. I mean, people don't care about this. I couldn't get my phone to register on the ecam. Got know it. Why. It wasn't. It wasn't doing it. Did you uh, enjoy Bald Hemingway? How was your day? Um. Yeah. Uh, it's just always weird being at a game in person like I realized I mean I think I told y'all it's the first time I've gone to a game and like sat in the stands uh since 2012 and so it is like just a different experience where you know um it's much less of a job and more of like you kind of get the communal aspect you know it's the same people that have been sitting the same people that have been sitting in the same section literally my entire life. Um, and then it's hilarious to see like the kids that were like kid kids. Like when I, you know, when I was still going regularly, like they're now half of them were at Ole Miss and half were at Auburn. And then that was kind of an alarming realization. Like, okay, here, these kids are grown up, uh, in college, but, um, you know, I, I think, the thing that's interesting to me is, um, you know, for for marching bands to be such an integral part of college football, isn't it funny how they're getting phased out? Like, they don't even – I noticed this. They don't even mic the band anymore. You know what I mean? Cause, you know, and, and you get it because in the end, the players want the stadium music and whatnot. Like, so, like, I get it. The players get what they want. But it's just kind of – I don't know. It's a – it's it feels like college football is like this blend between still trying to be like still having some traditions yet becoming more and more of the NFL. I haven't thought about that because I can't tell you it's one of the reasons that the pandemic affected things. I can't tell you the last time I was in an open air press box to notice that for football. It's yeah, been years. And, and like that and that's the other thing, like the old Miss press box, like not only is it enclosed, like it's Especially without, especially without me, Kellenberger, and the the good old boys there anymore, it's got to be pretty quiet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, I I think they do, I think they do a good job. It's just God, man, um, and and I don't know whose fault it is, but they got to do something about the games, man. Like it, it took an hour to play the first. Like forget the whole fact that this game had a delay, like. It took an hour to play the first quarter. The funny thing was, was it the second play of the game where there was going to be the targeting? Yes. Like, there was the targeting review. Um, so, right when that happens, I told Aaliyah, I was like, hey, what do you want? Like, I'll get the drinks. It's going to be five minutes. 
Like, and sure enough, I, I, I think I missed one play by the time I'd gotten back. And, like, the fact that I can sit there and know that a targeting review is going to waste five minutes and, you know, it's beyond just that, man. You know, ESPN's to blame, too. I saw one – there was one sequence where it went uh, fake injury – excuse me, injury, uh, three-minute timeout, touchdown – Another injury, and then another like three minute timeout. Like it's just it, it, they're going. You know, you're. It's already hard enough asking people to go to the games anyway, and they're not making it any easier. And you were in a spot then. If you got back in five minutes, it's a couple different things here. Ole Miss's stadium, it's why they do need a new stadium whenever they do renovate and everything. I understand the need for it from a logistical standpoint. Is you could get, you could go get a drink and it take almost a, you know forty five minutes or something today in some sections. So you combine that with the game where yeah, look, it's a couple different things. It's day they review some things they shouldn't be reviewing, and then two, there's not a good enough time limit on getting back to it. It should never take five minutes for a review. You look at it from a couple different angles, and if it's not obvious, then you keep it as a play is called on the field and you move on with your day. And the only time it should take longer is if you're having to reset the clock or do things to figure out what time something happens. There's a certain logistical way the game is being run by the referees that is creating some of this problem, right? Oh, that's a huge part of it. But let's also be clear what another big part of it is. Um, ESPN, the TV networks run college football. Could you imagine trying to tell the NFL, hey, we're going to take an extra break here? Like, the NFL just would say, no, you're not. You're not broadcasting the NFL anymore. Like, that's the thing that's so fascinating to me is that football, football on television is dominating so many of the decisions that these TV networks are making, yet one league completely dictates terms, the NFL, and then college football just sits there and goes, thank you, sir, may we have another. Thank you, sir, may we have another. And then before everyone goes, well, look at how much they're paying. Have y'all happened to check out the NFL TV contracts? The NFL is not doing this as a service. Do you get to a point where it actually affects viewership, where they have to stop? Or what would potentially make any changes happen to this? The only thing that's ever going to make changes – no, the only thing that's ever going to make changes is if uh, college football comes up with a a governing structure in which there's a lead executive. Like – in the end, the reason why it's what it is is they all just bow down because there's no, like, there's no Roger Goodell. There, there's no lead executive to, to essentially dictate anything. How are you setting up your TVs this afternoon? Are you staying here or are you going back? Yeah, so I, I, well, that was the only thing that – the only reason why I'm late getting here is I went to go get uh, – we're going to grill and stuff, and so I wanted to – I didn't want to be sitting here at 5.30 trying to I – I went to LB's. Uh, shout out to Greg. We got two bone-in ribeyes. We're excited about those. Um, I have – in my old bedroom in here, there's a sharp. So I'm about to get that bad boy out and split the cable. And then I'll put, like, a little TV probably connected to an Apple TV. It's, it's pretty, pretty sad right now. Pretty bare bones around the old concept. Yeah, this is at the moment. This is, but it's a it's a very comfortable condo, and so it's kind of like a it feels even though it's really not anything different. Like it feels like we're taking a day or two to like kind of enjoy ourselves. 
there's kind of a mental trick that we're doing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything not home feels different, so sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the, the condo kind of has a little more, like, feels more spacious, even though, like, our house is obviously bigger, but, like, I don't know, there's there's more of a, I don't know, there's more of, like, a getaway feel. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Also, by the way, yeah. well, uh, and I'm sorry if they're, I, I don't think they're a sponsor, so I don't care. Uh, does PJs ever intend to have any inventory? I, dude, I can't tell you the last time I've been there. I, like, there's five places in town I would use outside of that. And, yeah, no offense if you want to advertise call. But I, I, until you said that, I sort of even forgot it existed over there. But, like, you know, when I was here, before, obviously, the Kroger, like, it used to be certainly square footage-wise the biggest, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but I mean, I now I think you know I don't even I was trying to figure out the last time I've been to Oxford before today, and Ali and I think it's possibly like two and a half years. But like every time I've I've gone in there three times, and like they just have nothing on the shelf. Yeah, like, and they, I understand it's a game day. It's like I understand game day weekend. It's like okay, but like literally, you go in there and you think like it's a like, you know, if you've ever seen, like, a store right before it closes for good, like, that's what it looks like, inventory-wise. Yeah, it, it's one of those deals where they were so handy where they were beside Kroger, and then now yes. it's falling off where it has because you have to cross the street, and crossing right there yeah. sucks. Not only do you have to cross the street, it, the the median, you know, there's the divided, there's, like, the median in the middle, and you can't, like, you have to, like, pull a U-turn yeah. if, if you're coming from Kroger. Um, High Cotton typically has the best ba- the best bourbon selections in town, but Kaimi gets some pretty good stuff too. But those are probably going to be the places you're going to find something a little different. High Cotton does a really good job with its barrel picks. I'm um, talking to the string. Uh, the, yeah, the other part of your, as I move on to the actual game, the other part of the game experience standpoint from slowness is that both those teams were running the football and it took that long. It was not even like they were airing the damn thing out. That was a running no, football that was, game that that cost. No, that's what we're – my brother and I are laughing – both teams at half had completed like a combined eleven passes, mm-hmm. and it was you know they'd only thrown I think I think Dart was six of ten in the first half, and then I think Ashford Finley combined I think were like four of eleven. So it wasn't like oh well they were throwing it every down they were bad. It's like no like everyone was just dominating the game on the ground. What did you think of Ole Miss's game plan? They didn't throw deep off play action. They really didn't throw at all. Obviously, it was based off what Auburn was presenting them defensively to an extent. But it was almost to the point of they were able to run to such an ability that there was no reason to take any chances because I knew it was 9 of 19 statistically. I thought Dart played pretty well today from just a straight gamer standpoint. No, I mean, again, I don't know what I don't know what they would say post-game, but just watching the football game, it seemed to me that Auburn clearly said, uh, we will not let Mingo and we're not going to let Judkins beat us. And I think for the most part, they executed that. Now, I also think that's partly why I think uh, Zeke was so good today. That Mm -hmm. and his stiff arm was – man, he had a couple of stiff arms that were like, holy hell, that was impressive. But, I mean, it's kind of tough to complain about Ole Miss – on the offensive end, when you put up 48, and what, they punted twice? Yeah, ran for 448. 448, and then not only that, it was like six, 
five, six, six to carry, right? Six, six, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're getting 6.6 a carry, uh, Dylan just got in here, so Carly's freaking out. Um, you know, it's tough to complain. The, the you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't even think, like, the, I thought the interception, the interception was more on Mingo, didn't you think? Oh, it was 100%. I mean, it was in his hands. I'm not going to blame Dart on something where the ball hits the receiver. Well, I mean, like, it, it was a touch low, but Dart did have to avoid what? He had, like, two guys that looked like they were coming at him. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I guess there are people upset because they didn't cover. Uh, I haven't seen any of that. No, I, I, I think they got a little upset that it was 21 nothing, and then it ended up being a game. I mean, Auburn cuts it to four at one point before Ole Miss goes down, scores, steals, steals the possession. Scores again and kind of runs away with it a little bit, but it was just that I mean, it looked do, like in that we, first we quarter it was to, such. Yeah, I mean, I think we do kind of have to put a little context on twenty-one to nothing, don't we? I mean, it was twenty-one to nothing because of two turnovers. Like Ole Miss, where yeah. Ole Miss deserves credit is they turned those two turnovers into points. But like, it's not like Ole Miss got touchdown, stop, touchdown, stop, touchdown. You know, what I mean, was, you know, the turnovers were, you know. A little more luck, luck than anything. I mean, you had the like they're nice plays. The the strip sack was was a nice play, and the interception. But I mean, that interception, like that could have been a catch before it was an interception. What do you think of Ashford? I mean, he's not good, and he, I guess my question is, can he be good at any point, or is this just the ceiling? I don't know if you can expect him to play any better than he did today. I mean, okay. to me, you know, their best their best offensive plays were basically him scrambling. Um, you know, he had a he had a couple of nice throws, but it's like, good God, he had all day to make those throws. Like, I think I think where Ole Miss's defense got into trouble was they were once they got the lead it felt like they thought okay if we sit back and make him beat us he's not gonna be able to do it and they stopped really coming after him and then when they stopped coming after him like he is a scholarship quarterback like he's capable of beating you if you give him all day but I mean what he finished like I mean I felt like he finished right about 50 percent for about 130 yards and then I don't know. What did he run for? Uh, he ran for – well, he ran for 35 or something, but that was after the sacks. So, it was like sacks 65, 70 or something like that. And then he was 8 of 17 for 140. Yeah, I mean, so slightly below 50%. Um, and, you know, the other thing about it is those were his numbers and uh, almost could not stop their running game. So, like, literally, how's it going to be any easier to play quarterback than that? Like, it's just not, in my opinion. And Bigsby's just good. I, I get that he had struggled in SEC play coming in. He was like 2.6 or something, Brian said. But, I mean, that dude's got talent. I mean, if he's playing on a legitimate offense that's pretty competent, I mean, he's he's an all-SEC back. Well, and, and uh, Jaquiz is a good player, too. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, if you want to actually – nitpick about what was concerning what was concerning to me was I think Auburn we kind of talked about this last week with 
what Vanderbilt was doing in the first half, Auburn seemed to say, see that on film that, hey, you can formation Ole Miss. You know, that was like when they were flipping the tight ends and whatnot. You can formation Ole Miss to get leverage on them, and you can wash, like, wash their D-line down. What was truly alarming to me today was, uh, uh, Chase, the secondary tackling yes. was – Yes. Like, you know, I, I had flashbacks to some of the really bad teams we covered. So was it sheer tackling? Was it bad angles? I mean, what do you contribute that to? Well, uh, credit where credit's due. Like, they are good backs. Yeah, sure. But there was one play – there's one play in particular to me that stood out. It was – I think it was right after – right after Ole Miss had scored to go up 14, and maybe it was right after they scored to go up 10. It was one of those two possessions. I had this really good angle of their linebackers getting right into the hole and breaking down when they could have, like, attacked a running back for a loss, but you could tell, like, they were so worried. They were so worried about making the tackle that, like, they were breaking down and, like, like going like super, super fundamental and super safe. So either it told me that they didn't think athletically they were able to match up with, with Auburn's backs or they just, you know, they, they were not prepared for that, but I don't know how you could not be prepared for it because it looks very similar to me to what, to what Vanderbilt did to them last week. I thought two of the plays, and I mentioned this early in the show, so I'm being repetitive for anybody who's been here since the beginning. Even there at the end, the game was essentially over, but they couldn't stop the point of attack on Ashford, I guess maybe both times, on those fourth downs on Auburn's last possession to just end the game. He was able to barrel over guys, get the extra two or three. They were arm tackling and grabbing and those type of things. And, you know, over the course of games, that crap adds up. I mean, that's not nothing that every third and three is a first down, If you even if you stop them after a one-yard gain. There was, just, there was just some sloppiness to it, and it's where you move forward a little bit and you look at it, and in some ways, LSU is a better version of Auburn's offense, and you're going to get that next week. Scott, thanks for the, the super chat. I mean, he says, when's the last time 7-0 and for Ole Miss? It was 2014 when they were 7-0 and went to LSU. Yeah, I was, I was walking out, and I was like, I'm pretty sure. It was like, I didn't have the game notes or anything, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure the last time that this that this program was seven zero, uh, they were headed to Baton Rouge at seven and a. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. I mean, that was that was that. What a- now? Now I think I think the uh, I don't think the offense will try to win the game with seven points, uh, uh, and then blame then blame his holder uh, for sending him out with nine seconds on the play clock, and blame the holder for taking a play game. I think they might be a little better prepared than that. You thought Kippen believed he had to steal a possession on the onside kick? I I did. I mean, I don't know if he said any, I don't know what he said post game. I just felt like, I mean, I told my brother at that point, it's like I felt like he did that because he didn't think they could stop him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And they weren't at the moment. And, and honestly, they really didn't stop them at the end. It's just Auburn kind of from – I don't – I thought the biggest mistake Auburn made was why did they get into the two-minute with six minutes to go? Why didn't they just keep running their offense? Yeah, they panicked a little bit in a spot where they just had to get the, they had to score, get it, and score. That was all. Yeah, and and we just we just saw the possession before, like they just ran their offense. They went down like two and a half minutes. Are they are they firing him this week? I I mean, who do they have? I, next I don't see a reason. They're, they're off. I guess if you want to just get it done with at the bye week, I guess I understand that. But, like, I don't know, man. I think, you know, what's what's the point? What if you – are they going to give the interim to Cadillac? The interim's dead no matter what. I mean, I told, I told Brian a minute ago, Auburn thrives off chaos. In some ways, you just need to keep losing because that motivates their boosters and gets them where they spend even more money. I mean, That's they're not saying, fixing their booster issue, so lose, 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 and just call it a day. Well, and the worst thing, what if Cadillac, like, rallies them to, to – what if he rallies them? Now, I'm not saying, like, they'll go win out, but, like, what if Cadillac rallies them and they, they go 500 with, and beat someone that you can kind of spin, and then all of a sudden there's pressure on you to do something with Cadillac? Their remaining schedule is they're off, and then they play Arkansas at home. They go to Starkville, A&M at home, Western Kentucky at Alabama. What's their record right now? 
Auburn is one, uh, three, and four. So they have Western. Who did you say they have Western? I was trying to count the wins. Can they get to six? It would require beating two of three out of Arkansas, Mississippi State, and A&M. So it's doable, but it's not. Western, A&M, Arkansas, all at home. Or go to Starkville and find a win, which I don't think is possible. I, I think I'd let him keep coaching, right? Because even if he goes six and six, and you're not keeping him. the job. Yeah. So what, why not? Why not let him keep the job? And every win he takes, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? And if you really are going to get freeze, you can get him whenever. Yeah. You really think that Hughes? Hughes he would wait until February to take it. Yeah. I, to me, it doesn't make sense. What's your early thought on next week? We'll talk about it Thursday, but Ole Miss and LSU. Um, so I told – when everyone was asking me before the game what I thought, I said I really wasn't that worried about today. I'd be more worried about next week because next week, even though, like, you do – you benefit a little bit by avoiding the, the night game, but it's still – it's going to be a 2.30 game in Baton Rouge, and it's going to be the first time Jackson Dart goes on the road against, like, a really, really hostile uh, – really, really hostile crowd. So that game kind of worried me. But, I mean, right now the good thing that Ole Miss has going for it is, uh, you know, it appears that they can run the football on just about anyone. And if you can do that, you usually are going to – you're going to be in most games. Um, you know, to your point, I think the, if, if you're talking big concern, like I imagine Brian Kelly saw a lot today on film that he goes, hey, we can do that too. So – you know, I mean, how much of Ole Miss's defensive struggles were personnel versus, hey, maybe they're starting to finally like play better athletes? Well, yeah, because I, mean, I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't up to date on the depth chart. Like, how many injuries did they have? I mean, Cedric did not play a good bit of the game. He was out from a pass rush standpoint. And then, I mean, I get Coleman's not 100%. But, frankly, relative to the fact they played seven weeks in a row and – haven't had a bye week and everything else. Their defense is relatively healthy. I mean, it's not uh, so. So I mean, you know, I would expect what they'll. they'll I, I feel like Ole Miss will kind of get the Tennessee treatment right. They'll probably go on the road and be somewhere between three, three and five point favorites, something like that. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a, a valid thing. I think that's probably that's probably right. I, I get for podcast form this game's going to be over, but where are we handicapping Alabama and Tennessee at this moment? Assuming, assuming that this doesn't get overturned, Alabama's taking over, I guess, around midfield uh, down 28-20 with 12 minutes to go in the third quarter. Well, the thing that's concerning, the thing that's concerning if you're betting Alabama here is they're kind of like doing the things that you would do when you're going to lose a game like this, like, Muffing the punt after getting a big stop. Um, I mean, what, what what am I missing on the review? It was fourth and two, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, I'm wondering if they're saying it wasn't fourth down. I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. Well, the only thing I was wondering is, it, is it a targeting? Oh, it didn't look like it, though. Okay, call confirmed. Yeah, I, I don't okay. – th- this is the problem. Like, why on earth did that play need to be reviewed? 
Yeah, there Did was, he get I mean, the line or not? Like he he was stopped a yard and a half short. But this is your point. Like in general now, why are we? My question is, why do we even have officials? If why do we even have officials if we're just going to sit there and uh, wait and like what? What is the call? It feels like the only thing the call in the field matters for is. To, uh, if you can't determine what it is one way or the other, you go, okay, let's let, let's let it stand. But it's almost like they officiate the game to send it to review. Well, and then in review, it's no longer, hey, it's got to be egregious to overturn it and what mattered on the field matters. I mean, if it's just standing, it means it was really bang, bang, and they couldn't tell. They will be more than happy to take a guess to reverse something. Yeah, it's That's almost fine. like they're they're – and, like, my thing is, if you want to use the eye in the sky to officiate it, fine. But, like, use the eye in the sky and, and, and speed the game up. Like, there's ways to do the eye in the sky and not have to stop the game. Uh, the sideline marker guy had third down, not fourth down. Cause confusion. <sighs> well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Ole Miss going to go to a more of a four-man front next week because that works a little last week. They did not really do it today. They stayed – They stayed. I, I thought they were just trying to get Auburn in third down. Even if they did give away something, they were going to spy Ashford, keep everything kind of in front, and then make him make a play when he had to. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess the other question is, is how much of the three-man versus the four-man had to do with injuries? Good God, that was easy. All right, well, while we're here, Alabama, let's just go ahead and win this game by seven, huh? Right? Right, while we're here? Oh, if we're going to do it, go ahead and do it. Yeah, let's just go ahead and cover while we're here, right? <laughs> what did we have? What I had 15. What, what did we have in Neil's picks? I don't even know what the number was. It was 15 or 15 and a half. I forget which one. Man, I thought uh, I thought Evans broke it at the end. It was right in front of me. He, he needed he needed like he needed like a half second more, and I was like, "Fuck, he's gone!" Oh god, it was awful. Oh, it was just miserable just to watch it right in front of you too. Did and you 15, watch? Fifteen, like to your point, fifteen was such a stupid number. Like, that's a number that if you see fifteen, I feel like we should we should look up. I bet if it's fifteen, I bet the underdog covers at like seventy percent. Yeah, because it's not enough to go. Hey, the better team's just going to blow them out. But it's it's correct. It, it, it's it's too much. I, I thought it means that, yeah. It means it's like the classic. This should be a two score game, but too many people are betting the favorite. So let's let's minimize some risk here, and let's make it fifteen. Did you uh, last thing? Did you see the streaker get blown up or whatever across the field? Yeah, it was right in front of us. So. At first, I was a little woke on it. I was like, well, why didn't this guy come out when Auburn was on offense? Like, ooh. Because I, I thought I – because thought, he was clearly wearing the Ole Miss shirt. And so I was like, he should have come out when Auburn was on offense because the, the security guards made a pretty nice stick right there in the end zone. And not only that, like, it was the first time the crowd had a little energy on defense. Like – I just thought, like, hey, if you're going to give it all for your Rebels today, like, don't screw up the offense, screw up the defense. Hey, he did not create enough of a stir or do anything interesting enough, enough to dictate the fact that he just got arrested and blown up. Correct. 
Correct. It, it, well, the question is, do we know? We got to find out. Like, he got dared clearly. Like, what? What is? You know, I mean, did somebody give him five grand, ten grand? Uh, I mean, there's always the be woke. Was there a prop bet today? There, yes or no? There will be a streaker. Yeah. Oh, oh, fair. Get your friend to do the bet. Yeah. I mean, you can guarantee some coin. I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, what's the what's the fine for running onto the field? Like, yeah, you got to get spend the you're going to spend some time in jail. But I mean, like, what is the the? I guarantee the if you can lay enough down, the money outweighs the the fine. Yeah. Could have been, uh, been a business decision. What are we pairing with the ribos? Uh, so we got the twice baked. Uh, I've got this like. Uh, Bacon, okra, tomato. I know you love tomatoes. I do. Uh, it's like a it's a mix. Um, I mean, the thing was like we thought about like just going over to snack bar when it opens, but like I don't know. I'm sure everyone else has the same idea that doesn't have a table, and it's like I just don't really want to fight it. So yeah, and you so get we'll just grill out. Big so you get a TV or two, you'll be all right. Make it work. Yeah, I mean. I mean, there's a decent chance that one TV in the corner at Snack Bar is going to be not on what I need it to be on. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, enjoy your day, bud. Appreciate it as always. All right. All right, guys. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, uh, Troy Brown played. I've got that up here. Hold on. Give me a second. Um, Let me see. Let me see. Let's see. And I'll kind of get Neil's update in a second and, and see where that's uh, that's at. Let's see. Defense. Troy Brown has seven tackles today. Only two were solos, but seven tackles and a pass breakup. So, yeah, Troy played. I mean, I'll, I'll get snap counts on Monday morning when they've been checked and finalized and all that stuff. But he, he definitely played, yeah. I I guess it's possible to trust Dart on the long ball, but frankly, I just thought that they just weren't going to even take that chance. I mean, I, I, maybe it's the same thing. I mean, I'm not even saying that's 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 different. Who are we talking to? Chase, it's Mark. Mark, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, you know, interestingly. The hot water at my house, I just put it in the pot. It's 142. I got to start these ribeyes in the sous vide on 129. So I actually have to let it go down. So you're cooling the water out of the out of the out of the tap. Yeah, I don't even know how to cool it other than putting ice in it. I think I'm just going to put the steaks in there. What if you just ran a little? So you have no way to run colder water like even out of the fridge. Yeah, I could do that. It just feels unnecessary. Okay. I can put a uh, pound and a half worth of 70-degree steaks in there, I think it'll accomplish the same thing. That's fair. What'd you think? So we're in. We're in. We're, we're 5 o'clock, 6.10 coming off, right about the time Tennessee, Alabama's done. Yeah. We'll see her and we'll be ready to go. Baked potatoes our, are about to go in. What's our night game? What are we doing tonight? Uh, LSU, Florida. Uh, Not great. Okay. Yeah. You know what it is? Our night, our night game tonight is the Jeffrey Wright of football games. It's it doesn't suck. It's not terrible, but it's not great either. <laughs> Gosh, uh, 
get well, us started, not right? Nice, Mark. What do you uh No, I love Jeffrey. <laughs> I love all y'all. Just playing. You happy? No, I went up and back to the game today. I'm back to Jackson. Yeah. Uh no, I wasn't nervous. I left um mid third quarter up fourteen points. And when the lightning delay hit, I was super happy about my decision. I made it back right about the time the game was ending. And uh like I said, about to do ribeyes, baked potatoes, some sauteed mushrooms, gonna be good to go tonight. Yeah. Tennessee answers no, right back. Um, by the way, thirty five twenty eight pending the PAT here. Oh, Tennessee just scored. I stepped outside for a second. Sixty yard touchdown pass. Yeah, and, and look, they missed one or two in the first half. It honestly they look like the better team right now. I don't know how the game will end up, but they look yeah. better than Alabama. Maybe that's the Ole Miss fan in me wishing that Alabama is not as good as they typically no, are, it. but they don't. They don't look great. Yeah, they, they they're showing a, they're showing a lot of fight right here. Oh, and Tennessee missed the PAT, thirty four twenty eight. That won't matter in the game like at this, all. I'm guessing don't worry. That's not going to come back to hurt them. You, you yeah, think it no, will? That we, we we will not even mention that again. No way. I, I think this just gets settled today. I don't think the PAT matters. It's not like that wasn't Reagan King cook kicking, was it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the who that was. Who? Okay. Uh, anyway, what's no what's good game today? Like? Good, good crowd. I will tell you this: uh, our stadium looks better in powder blue than any other color, and it's really not even up for discussion. The red can look really good. Navy doesn't look good during the day, and it's too dark at night. Um, I thought they did a great job, and I mean the fans, with the powder today. It was, it looked like one of the few times where I thought, okay, no, that looked like the true powder blew out, or wherever you want to phrase that thing. When I when I got to my seat in the press box, the stands were already fairly full, and I went, wow, yeah, okay, that 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 looks really really good. And then if you look up close, everybody has a different shade on, and there's even some red and navy sprinkled within there. But powder hides it better than anything else, which is why I think that's the color to go with. Yeah, um, and I don't know that they're ever going to phase out any of them necessarily. Um, but I do, I do think powder becoming dominant or a co-dominant with red makes a lot of sense. Where you do it definitely more than just once or twice a year. I mean, I think I think you're talking about maybe a three, a three, and then a white out, and that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I, maybe should become the maybe once every two years color. I mean, oh. powder red, white, they're they're good. They pop. It works with our crowd. We play in the daylight a lot. You and Neil have hammered that home. I actually think you're right about that. I'd never heard that take until Neil made it, and I actually agree with it. Um, it looked great out there today. Um, it was bizarre that that storm popped up the way it did. I mean, there were some clouds out there, but the forecast was clear, and then, boom, all of a sudden, game delay. Yeah, when I got up this morning, had you told me it was going to be delayed for lightning, I don't know that I would have believed you. Of course, there was – Earlier in the week, I had noticed there was some chances of rain tomorrow morning, but I did not yeah. think we were going to get any 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 mess of that today. And, and now it it didn't affect anything other than we were all just frustrated with getting the game over with because it was so long for two teams that had been running football. But no, like look, other than concessions and stuff, which has got to be fixed in the offseason, you're not doing much to fix it right now in the middle of the year. I thought Ole Miss acclimated itself from a fan base standpoint as well as humanly possible today. I mean, I thought. I mean, I told Brian earlier when the show first started, I thought that was an A-plus from the standpoint of simply 
fans showing up. I thought they were loud. I thought they were energy. I thought they brought things for the team yeah. when, when when they needed it. I mean, it, it felt big game environment, regardless of the sun being wherever in the sky or what time the game started. No, I agree with you 100%. Students showed up. They were loud. It was good. Um, I'm a little bit of a weather nerd. I, I did get up this morning, and I saw over central Arkansas and Memphis that the four cast called for the possibility of gorilla hail have you ever heard of gorilla hail before i have not not aware of that one i'm assuming it's large gorilla hail like, like gorilla hail is what it called for yeah because usually I, we just hear like you know golf ball size or whatever and then that's the yeah thing. i mean that's, and look golf ball size to me seems like it's gorilla size but gorilla size would would suggest quite large hail huh no i didn't see that and you were fine. Right, well, you got, there was no there was no storms packed in there. Oh, I mean, look. Once we got to Batesville, there was not a cloud in the sky. We headed south. We're we're in Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it was fine. We'll be good. Cool. But thank you guys. Uh, giving Jeffrey a little bit of a hard time, but you all of y'all are awesome. We appreciate uh, it. We love Jeffrey. I appreciate it absolutely. Thank you, Mark. All right, be good. All right. Neil told me he was in a spot to. Uh, to talk, so let's give him a uh, let's give him a shout. See what's going on with Mr. McCready. He has done Lane Kiffin's press conference at this point. My dog is also going to bark in like ten minutes, probably, but we're just gonna deal with that for the few minutes that that happens and let it be what it is. So just heads up there. Hello. Neil, how are you? Chase, I'm good. How are you? I'm lovely. Uh, Pocket Watch, thanks for the super chat as always. Appreciate your energy there in that one. I appreciate it, uh, it very, very, very much. Uh, we were just I was just talking to Mark on the call a second ago, Neil. He said that they described some of the storm as gorilla hell. Were you aware that gorilla hell was hell that had more than a three-inch diameter? Is that gorilla hell hell? G-U-E-R-R or G-O-R-I-L-L-A? <laughs> I do not know if it is animal or warfare. I'm not sure. I, it I, I don't it must be warfare. I've, I'd never, I'm, I was today years old when I heard about gorilla hail. That's interesting. Well, three-inch hail would be a form of warfare. That would that would suck. I mean, that's... Something. Where was that? Was that was that like near near Oxford? That he said that when he got up in the like forecast, they said that storm had the the chance of of, of gorilla hell. Oh, huh. how about that? Yeah. Well, like Carson, my son Carson had a soccer tournament in Memphis today. They had lightning delays all morning. Like he he was supposed to have played his last game today at eleven twenty, and I think they're playing right now. They've had a day. Yeah. Yeah, um, they've had a day. I, I, I don't anticipate. I don't anticipate uh, walking into a great mood. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. Are you, are you listening to this Tennessee Alabama game? Uh, I was listening to it there before you called. It was thirty. I mean, uh, twenty five point game, six point game. It's a six-point game. As we were joking about a minute ago, Tennessee throws a 60-yard touchdown pass to retake the lead 34-28 and then misses the PAT. Playing Alabama, that will never matter. 
don't worry, you're good. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that point's fine. Oh, it didn't oh, matter in it, it didn't matter in 2014. It didn't. You're right, but it, but all 63,000 thought that damn thing was about to matter that day. I sure I sure as hell did. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Alabama's showing a lot of guts here. I mean, seriously. I mean, they're having to fight for their life because Hooker has all day to throw the damn football. I mean, just all day. And, I mean, look, and on, Bryce on Young's hand, matching and matching and matching and matching and matching. Bryce Young is special, and on one hand, Alabama's really fallible, and on the other hand, they are a champion. And I don't know which hand wins out over the course of time. Yeah, I know. But, but he's he is a special player. I don't know what kind of NFL player he is or isn't going to be, but at the college level, he is just a winner. That's what he does. He just wins. What did Lane say today? Uh, Lane was fine. Um, you know, I wrote three things. I wrote a game story. I wrote a column about uh, their running game, which I thought was, you know, it's an interesting thing. We've talked about this before with Kiffin. Everybody talks about, um, you know, Lane is this, past happy guy and stuff. And really the one consistent calling card that he's always had is his ability to scheme a running game into effectiveness. And that's what they did today. They really didn't throw the ball very effectively. I think Jackson was nine for 19 passing Jonathan Mingo a week after setting the record did not catch a pass. If I recall correctly, that is correct. Um, uh, you know, they Dayton Wade, I think was the leading receiver yet. They scored 48 points via defense, I mean, via running game. And that's kind of who he is. They've got these backs, and they Jackson Dart was a very effective runner today. They had to put that in. He took some hits, but I thought he was a pretty smart runner most of the day. Um, to me, that's what makes Lane Kiffin great is that – and I, I don't think there's any doubt that he is an elite um, – generational offensive mind that he's able to find things that work and even if sometimes it's not very pretty and today there were times it wasn't very pretty but they keep pounding at certain things and 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 finally they get it to break and, and that's why they won and then the other column that i wrote was this team goes on disappearing acts for quarters for halves and chase if they keep doing it it's going to bite them it's going to bite them. It, they can't keep doing this in in Baton Rouge, in College Station. It goes without saying about Alabama. They can't do it in Fayetteville. They can't do it against Mississippi State. They've got to get more consistent uh, in terms of they have these stretches where they're elite, where they're great, where they look like a championship team. And sometimes they follow those stretches with these stretches where they look like a very average team, sometimes a slightly below average team, and they've got to eliminate that. You can't be great at all times, but they have to they have to cut the stretches where they're just average. They gotta they gotta minimize those. And they're getting ready to go to a couple places that they've got to put together a better performance to get out of uh, Baton Rouge, to get out of College Station with wins. Look, I said it last week, and it's still right this week to whatever extent we're talking about this conversation, is that 
they allowed Auburn a, a, a downtrodden team to come back into this game, cut it to four points at one point after being down 21 to nothing and a couple turnovers. And I mean, it was just complete discombobulation by the by, by, by the Tigers at that point in the game. And you keep doing that. And now look, you got to give them this credit because they just keep winning games. They just keep winning yep. games. No matter what, they win games. I mean, that, that's where yep. this program is right now is – at the end of the day, they've got more points than the other team, no matter what the hell it looks like over the course of the matter. But it's what Lane was frustrated about is put them away when you can put them away because you keep doing coin flip games and you're eventually going to hit heads when it's tails. And Ole Miss has won the last three coin flip games. They're 3-0 and in the last three. At some point, that's yeah. going to get you. So when you're up 21 to nothing, make that damn thing 31-7 to and put it out of reach. Instead, Absolutely. Auburn dominated the second quarter and, and outgained Ole Miss like, I don't know, I had it up earlier, like 145 to 40 or something. Yeah, you know, Lane did talk about the way they responded from the lightning delay was very positive. Um, you know, got a stop, got the ball back, got a couple first downs, ran the clock out, didn't, didn't, give, didn't give Auburn any hope. And, I, you know, you can tell that's something they're going to try to build on a little bit. But he... You know, look, they had to they had to dial up a an onside kick. They had they they saw something during the week. They practiced it. Uh, Jonathan Cruz was out there on Wednesday uh, in the stadium by himself, working on it, according to somebody who saw him. And uh, I saw video, so I know it happened. Um, they saw something and they went to it and they did it. But, you know, you can't help but wonder what happens there if that onside kick's not successful. You're only up seven. Now, to their credit, they turned that seven and made it 14, which I thought was the critical swing of the game. Because even though Auburn got back to within seven, they never got closer than that. And I thought that was critical. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's the whole thing. If you keep playing with fire, you tell your kids, stop, stop playing with fire, stop putting your hand on the stove, stop it. And eventually, if they keep doing it, you know the rest of it. Somebody gets burned, and that's how you learn your lesson. And here's the thing. Whether this team is or isn't championship caliber, they're 7-0. and They're 3-0 and in the SEC. They're going to wake up tomorrow probably ranked, I don't know, 7th or 8th. Sure. And that means you're in the national championship hunt. These opportunities don't come to you every single year. When you have a chance, you've got to capitalize. And the truth is, they have a chance. And so rather than look at it like, well, you know, just hey, no, you got to iron these things out. You got to get more laser focused. You've got you've got two games that if you could somehow pull them out, I mean, 3 to 2 or 45 to 44, you get an open date and get a get a shot at the king. You yeah. get a shot to transform where you are as a program. You're this close to it. Yeah. So two that, games against two the, broken teams. Yeah, in different ways. Yeah. Two, a week yeah, off and, and, two, and go to the and then you go to the, the ring with the belt sitting in the corner. Yeah, and and throw punches and see what happens. Exactly. And that's where they are. And that's where they are. And so, you know, like you said, they keep winning. And yet, at the same time, they keep kind of putting their hand up on the stove. Mm-hmm. And so they either have to stop putting their hand on the stove and take care of things, or they're going to get burned. 
did Lane give any indication of what was wrong with Dart? He apparently said in the post game on the radio that he was not 100%. Just said that he wasn't 100%. Okay. You know, I mean, Jackson's taking some hits week after week after week. He's a big yes. physical kid. And, you know, and he talked about how his dad played at Utah and his mom runs marathons. And Jackson's got a body that kind of can absorb some of this. But, you know, Cedric Johnson couldn't go today. He tried, couldn't go. Um, you know, Jalen Robinson couldn't go. Troy Brown at the end of the game was hurting. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a beat up football team that's got to go to Baton Rouge now and, and has to go to College Station. These these next two weeks are um, are going to be really challenging, big time. So they've, you know, that's, I think that's Lane's deal is hey, when you get a chance, like you were just saying, if you get a chance to put a team away, do it do it make life easier on you because if again i'm being repetitive but if you can get to nine and oh you get two weeks to rest up and take a shot alabama appeared to score the go-ahead touchdown and was called for holding on third and goal and you were kidding. they are now they have another flag unless they got the timeout and in the game so far, there's 447 left in the third quarter. Alabama has been flagged 12 times for 91 yards. Tennessee has been flagged three times for 16 yards. Oh, and there's a flag there. I just walked into the house. and Yeah. Yeah, a little, 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 little interesting right now. Oh, for sure. That's... Georgia's up 41 nothing on Vanderbilt right now. So that line's still in play both ways. My internet in Vault Hemingway was awful today, so I'm, I am completely unaware of kind of what's happened everywhere else. I, I was having to use every bit of my bandwidth on my work. I couldn't do anything else. Oh, wow, they got a pass interference call. Bryce Young running for his life, throws the ball into the end zone on third and goal, and they get flagged for pass interference. Yeah, I walked in. I'm ahead of you. I'd seen that yeah. before you did. I walked in and saw that as it okay. happened. Yeah, okay. Huh. Anyway, uh, missed tackling was terrible today. Between tackling and angles and the whole deal, is that because of what, or is that just they're playing better competition and that's going to start evening out over time? Probably a little bit of both. They're all playing some better competition. Those look, Bigsby's a hell of a back. Uh, Jarquez Hunter's a hell of a back. Ashford's a really good runner. I mean, you know, they're going to get theirs. They got theirs at times against Georgia. Um, but they missed some tackles. They missed some angles. Some of it is that they're, they're getting into some of their depth. You know, you're playing some guys a lot of snaps that ideally probably aren't playing as many snaps. Um, you know, you uh, – you got that, and then um, then the competitions. It's all of it. They they got to get better. They, it's a problem. They they talked about it today. AJ Finley talked about it. Um, Lane talked about it. It's a problem. It's something they they they've got to address. They've got to get better at tackling. They they can't keep missing. They can't keep missing uh, tackles like this and expect it not to bite them. Just period. It's it's absolute. It's absolutely going to. 
you mentioned the Mingo thing, the fact they didn't throw the ball much. I thought Jackson was pretty decent for the most part, just managing the game, not doing anything stupid, kind of play. He, he missed the Heath throw that would have been a touchdown that Lane was very frustrated by. But outside of that, I thought he was fairly okay today. And I know it was scheme from an Auburn standpoint, and they were going to take Mingo away, and they were going to do things down the field, not let him get open. But when you don't play action off a running game that's that successful and you run for 448, it just made me think the only explanation is that they could run the ball so effectively there was no reason to take a chance. That's what it was. They felt like they could run it. They, they, they obviously could. They did. And, look, I mean, you can tell, Lane, at, once that thing got tight and it became a one-score game, he, he switched from, hey, let's beat the hell out of these guys to let's beat these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, get I'm out sure Lane at this point. Yeah. yeah, Lane would have probably loved a good 49 to seven win to stick a flag in. But when that went off the, uh, when that when they when they took that off the menu, he said, "You know what? I'll just I'll just win the game. Thank you very much." And they did, and they did what they needed to do to win the game. I'm not going to keep you very long. What kind of last thing? And we're going to talk about this all week. But LSU plays Florida tonight. We think that LSU, in some ways, is a better version of, of, of Auburn. It's Ole Miss's first true road game. It's Jackson Dark's first time to be in a hostile environment or whatever that thing looks like in Baton Rouge next week. The way Auburn played offensively today, though, I thought they were pretty decent. I think that's almost exactly why, what LSU, in some ways, will do. Ashford is better with his feet than Daniels is. Daniels is, better, is a better quarterback. But LSU doesn't have a back the way that Tank Bigsby is. And it showed you that if you let guys run around and you have to let them improvise, you don't get them to the ground, you don't rush the passer very well, crazy stuff starts happening. You better, and all of a sudden, you got to outscore teams. I mean, I thought in some ways it felt like a dress rehearsal that is very relevant for next week. I thought so too. I was thinking the exact same thing. I thought, well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know what LSU's plan is going to be? It's, it's, and it's kind of their plan every week anyway. It's get the ball to Daniels and let him run around and create things, and that's what he does well, and, and it's kind of the one thing they do. But, yeah, there's no Tank Bigsby on that LSU roster to just go pound on you. I mean, that dude's a big back now. He's a stud. And, uh, you know, they, they don't have one of those guys. And then in two weeks, you know what's coming in College Station, I and mean, Devin Achane's going to get his. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to stop it. I mean, that's where they are. They, they've got to get better. Look. They got to get if, if if this team's going to do the the special thing, they got to get a lot better on defense in the next four weeks. It's got to happen. It's they got to get healthier. They got to get better. They they got they got to play some teams. I mean, Alabama can run it. Arkansas can run it. Mississippi State can't really run it. That's not the best matchup in the world. I mean, it's a, it's a very pro Ole Miss matchup, but they've got some games remaining the rest of the way that are going to be real challenges, right? I mean, you know, like Arkansas gets Jefferson back and, and they're producing offense against BYU. They can't stop anybody. I just saw the score. But, you know, I mean, you can't – to your point, you also – like you, you can't keep playing shootouts and expect to win them all. The, the numbers tell you that if you keep playing those, one, one of these days you'll have the game where the quarterback gets sacked and the ball's plays on the ground and they pick it up and they get a defensive score and they win or they get a pick six on the tip ball and like you know there was a tip ball today that Mingo just kind of dropped and it resulted in an interception those kind of plays happen in shootouts you've got to 
they got to they got to shore it up defensively. They got to get better. Early in the season, this looked like a really good defensive team. The last couple of weeks, they haven't. They got to fix that. And they're getting mass some of it because they're so good in pass defense on the edges because of what DeAndre Prince and Igbenosan have been, which is very 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 good. Just very very good. good, elite. Yeah, and teams are like finally, you know, they, they look this film now. And like Lane said the other day, the other coaches get paid to coach too. They watch film. You know, they study Ole Miss in the same way that Ole Miss is going to study LSU. LSU studied Ole Miss. They've got advanced scouting on Ole Miss. They'll they'll study the hell out of these last two games in Baton Rouge, and they'll put a plan together because that's what they're paid to do. And now that you see seven games, you, you say, hey, we're not really going to spend a lot of energy testing the edges, but let's test this because here's here's what works. And um, – that's what's coming. I mean, that's that's part of the fun of watching a season unfold is after six, seven, eight games, you, you have a pretty decent idea of what a team's DNA is, and you can attack their weaknesses and avoid their strengths. Oklahoma State still currently handling TCU 30-16 to 16 Cowboys over the Horn Frogs right now in Fort Worth. That's my guy. My guy, Gundy. <laughs> Did you take them today? Did you have them? Yeah, I took them today, yeah. Okay. Hey, he's been winning. Hey, if, if the horse keeps running, you ride it. Uh, Dave Doran having a hard time in uh, in New York with Syracuse. Syracuse up 17-9 with the ball and driving with 227 to go. Yeah, so. if, if the national coach of the year thing came out today, it would be the guy at Syracuse and Lane Kiffin. Ooh. They're undefeated, man. Think where that program was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Michigan just uh, no, you're right. Michigan just throttles Penn State today, forty-one seventeen. And we're not giving enough that. credit. We're not giving enough credit to Jim Harbaugh. Yes, yes. Alabama has now picked off Tennessee. Um, I, ooh. so hard to finish them, man. So hard to finish them. It's just so hard to beat them. Well, I mean, they, full circle in our conversation on November twelfth. If by some chance you get a chance to bloody the lip, you better you better hit them in the damn jaw. You can't I mean, let up against them. You cannot let up against them. We've watched it all season now. I mean, Texas had a shot, couldn't do it. Even to some degree, Arkansas had a shot, couldn't do it. Fourth quarter got ugly. A and M, Tennessee. A and M had a shot, a real shot. Oh my God, what a well, shot! Well, they screwed up themselves. Couldn't, they they shot their own foot. Couldn't finish it. Now Tennessee has has a shot, and looks like it might it might be a might get a little difficult for them. I mean, it is just duh, right? But finishing them is so hard. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're one of the most talented team. I mean, you've got it. You know what I mean? I mean, at some point, you yeah, have to, you have to overcome that. Wow, hell of a stat there. Hendon Hooker, first interception in 262 passes. He's had he's had an amazing season. No, he's had a Heisman type year. There's there's no yeah. doubt about that. And he uh, was having a Heisman sort of game. This I get they haven't played Bama yet. The schedule's been much different, but first time Ole Miss is seven and zero since that fourteen team went to Baton Rouge at seven and zero as well. Um, this team's going to handle oh. that night better than that team handled handled it. The head Different coach deal. will handle it better. Yeah, the the head coach will handle it better than that head coach handled it, which makes me think the team will handle it. I I don't think for Ole Miss the biggest issue this week is the pressure of seven and zero. I think for Ole Miss this week the big the biggest it's just the health. biggest issue is his health, yeah. exhaustion. I think I think Lane's got to 
probably dial back some practices a little bit even more. He's got to try to get some bodies healthy and they've got to try to get down there with some degree of freshness freshness they are they are a beat up team when you watched them walk off the field and you'd you'd have to leave so you could do the show but i was down on the field watching them walk off and a lot of guys were celebrating and happy there were a handful of guys that were it was a it was a labor to get off the field a little bit and troy brown's the one that sticks out of my mind i mean he he was hurting he he played today i don't i don't think he did a lot in practice all week this week and he sucked it up and played today but he had to come out, you know, Sistrunk was in the thing, uh, in, yeah. the, in the tent. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're beat up. Yeah. Had today been Tulsa, Troy Brown would not have played. Absolutely not. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, I don't think he would have dressed. Yeah, no, I think, I, I, I think I agree with you. So, uh, coverageribblegrove.com, plenty from that observations up. We'll turn this into a podcast. I'm not done yet, but I'm going to let Dale go here in a second. He's got stuff to do. Um, I guess we miss anything. Was that pretty much it? That's pretty much it. Uh, you have observations. I have a game story with notes attached at the bottom. and I've got uh, two other content items up. So there's a lot of material in addition to your show. And yeah, it's, it's uh, look, I, here's the one thing I'm going to say. I kind of feel like I'm playing the role of, of therapist here. I get everybody's picking it apart, but Ole Miss is seven and O three and O in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I've been on this beat 15 years. I've I've been able to say that twice. Seven and zero, three and zero in the league, and there's a real opportunity to go do something special. It's going to be hard, but winning winning is hard. If winning weren't hard, then you'd see everybody else winning too. Um, but enjoy it. That's all. I just I sense that there's just this this angst, and I get it. But at the same time, I also sense that people are not completely enjoying a run that they ought to be enjoying right now because what's this 18 and three in your last 21 it's 18 and three in the last 21 that is correct yeah I it mean, does it, it does feel like as soon as every game ends everybody goes what's next it's like okay no have a good day pour a drink enjoy yeah you beat auburn by two and touchdowns other, and you were the better team today and then my other thing is when people say <laughs> and i don't expect sympathy here i don't but when people say why do sports writers like early games because had today been a six thirty kick, you're riding till three in the morning. Yeah, the games they've got to figure out a way, and I don't know what it is with the TV timeouts, the delays. I'm not going to say Auburn was faking injuries, but I'm not going to say they weren't. Um, if that's I think that's as diplomatic as I care to be. It's just those injuries just seem to always happen was right before third down. Yeah, it was. If if they were all legitimate injuries, it was a hell of a coinkening. Mm-hmm. But. They've got to figure out a way to speed these things up. The game goes too on, too long, and then the lightning delay. Come on, that was an NCAA baseball kind of lightning delay right there. That was yeah. The sun was out. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, and I'm I'm completely for protecting fans and players and officials and everyone from lightning, for God's sake. But come on, yeah, there's got to be some common sense applied there. Yeah, six minutes to go in the game, and 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 over the next thirty minutes, not a not a drop fell at Vaught Hemingway. Come on. Yeah. I will say this right right as they were getting ready to start back, Ole Miss did the little light display thing with the lights, and I I was writing, and so in my peripheral vision, I thought I saw lightning, and I was like, oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> and it was I was so glad thing. to look up and realize it was the light flashing or whatever. You know, I was like, oh thank God. <laughs> 
because I could just see him sending them back for another 30 minutes. And I, I think I was just going to put my head down and cry. Yeah. I know. And I, well, because that's what I, I saw a start time and I went, okay, I'm not even getting excited until it's like five minutes away because one more strike and it still goes back to 30 minutes and we do the whole thing <laughs> over and over and over again. And here we go. So, yeah, I thought, oh, no, God, no. But it was just Ole Miss doing the light thingy. Yeah. So, well. thank goodness. All right. Enjoy the night. Appreciate it. We'll talk about All right, man. All right. Later. Bye. Neil McCready there joining us on the West Rafters Music and Food Hotline. I'd say that. Tennessee should get it back. It's fourth down there. Um, good stuff. Uh, good game going. Take a couple calls. Somebody has one. If not, we'll stop. It's up to you guys for uh, for a minute. We're going right at two hours now. Something like that. I'll get the number back up. 662-259-7556 is the phone number. 662-259-7556. Pretty sure by the stream, the live chats, the uh, the super chats as always as, uh, as well. Appreciate that. Yeah, if we only get LSU Florida tonight, that's not anything. That's not appointment TV viewing. I mean, it's probably what's going to win, but it's not doing much for me at all, frankly. What do you guys in the stream think? Alabama or Tennessee? Who's winning this football game? There's still any volunteer believers out there? If Jay's still going, I don't know how he's still using words for the most part. Who do we have on the line? This is Brad. Brad, how are you? Doing well about yourself. I'm lovely. Good. Just hanging out. It's only 530. It's not too tired. It's okay. Watching a good football game. Sure. I, um... I don't watch a lot of football, Chase, but I, I always watch the Auburn game. Why the Auburn game? <clears throat> About 15 or 16 years ago, 17, something like that, me and my buddy Dan, we went to an Auburn game at Auburn and was almost murdered. At a football game at Auburn? wasn't at the game. The uh, – I'll be honest with you, I'm not a sporto. Um I don't remember much about the game. I remember my buddy Dan saying that it was the day that Bradley Sowell found out his dad was a defensive lineman for Auburn. And it was Halloween. And um, we went to a bar after the game. And I walked up to the bar to order a drink. And there was a gentleman standing to my left that had a flat-top haircut, if you remember, like everybody's grandpa had. Sure. And I commented on his haircut. And he pulled a gun on me and stuck it to my temple. Did you comment in a negative fashion about his haircut? No. I, I said, hey, I like your haircut. So he pulls his gun, and it was really loud. And everybody was dressed up. And people started screaming. And my buddy Dan didn't know if he was supposed to panic, run, whatever. And uh, so I called the cops. Uh, somebody grabbed the guy, and then the cops were called. Uh, but anyway, uh, the gentleman was detained, and 
I don't know. You, it's like you see on TV. And the cops came and they wrapped me in a foil blanket for some reason. I don't know what that was about. But, um, <clears throat> I found out uh, maybe like three weeks later that the guy claimed to have been dressed up as Walter from the Big Lebowski. Oh. And it was a fake gun. But it seemed real to me, pointing at my temple. But um, so anyway, I'll, every every year when Ole Miss plays Auburn, I always watch the game, you know, reminisce. About to say, just to bring back memories? Is that the- sure. Yeah. 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 Did get our drinks for free. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And one shot and one beer. That was good. Of course. One shot and one beer. Yeah. Yeah, not a uh, not a lot of callers tonight. Doesn't seem like. Eh, we did a lot of. I mean, it's okay. We, uh, it's it's a different vibe when we have the solo person and Colin, Neil, and Jeffrey and everything separate versus just kind of hanging out with the with the banter. Did you uh, did you watch the game with the wife today? Yeah, yeah. You know, we celebrated one year about a month ago, a little over a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. How how's the year been? Well, I wish somebody would have warned me about, uh, you know, what a year of marriage can do for you as far as weight gain. I felt like my friends should have told me. Put a little on? Oh, no, not me. She did. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> we, I mean, we, we're making it. Um, but it's been good. Um, I, I won't keep you. I'm sure you have a, a lot of other people trying to call in and just sharing my Auburn story. It's all good. I appreciate you calling, checking in. I do, yeah, I do remember about a year, about a year ago. So don't be a stranger. Yeah, you know, I called Neil um, during the, uh, the College World Series, and he didn't have a lot to say. He just chuckled the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But, we're all good sports. Anyway. Talk to the man. You know, from like, you know, I mean, get, we can get a wellness check from any of y'all anytime you want. Call in. We'll hang out. Watch more games. They play LSU next week. It's a different set of tigers. It'll be all right. You'll 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 enjoy the three hours. Yeah, you know uh, when I was a student at Ole Miss, um, I went to the LSU game, and um, my buddy Dan said they were playing for the conference championship or the division championship or something. It's the only game I went to all year. It was 2003, and uh, a guy stood up and turned around and he yelled in my face. And he was uh, he was a bald guy. He had his chest painted and his face. And he had on wings like Batman, um, and he was painted purple and yellow. Of course. And um, he went to take a swing at, at me or my buddy Dan one, and I hit him in the in the stomach with a bottle of Dasani. And anyway, turns out he was there. Uh, he was the parent on a player visit. And uh, you need to just told. avoid going to the games. You get into trouble, have some issues when you actually go to the stadium. Yeah. Or go to but the. Town. the uh, the the whole Halloween thing that was at a bar. That, yeah, you know, I can say that's not that wasn't yeah. that the game. I will say this about the Auburn field, even though I know we didn't play at Auburn today. Maybe the largest hump in the center of a field oh. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, I won't keep you, Chase. Good to talk to you. Yep. Enjoy the night, Brad. Have a good one. All right. You too. Um, yes, that was Brad from Iuka. For those who have been with us for a uh, for a little while, I did not recognize the number, but I did recognize his voice when he called in. That is correct. We did a uh, 
we were first introduced to Brad for a uh, for some marriage advice about a year ago. Who's on the line? What's up, man? It's vibing. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Not much. I'm uh, watering my parents' plants. They went to uh, Florida for their honeymoon, so I had to dog sit for the weekend. Um, well, it's watching, not exactly. Yeah, I watching, mean, it's... Huh? Yes, that was the guy whose wife sleeps on the couch on the wedding night. Yes, that is correct. Door. Sorry. Is that also that is the exact same guy who uh, you know fought the kid with karate, and the kid had the uh, legs of a mule. Didn't oh, that was, right, like that, that? that was right. Yeah, that was that, and, and that might have been the second call. Cause, you know, we talked to his wife at one point too. She called in. Is y'all? Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, I got deep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember literally. I that's one of the first times I've ever watched one of y'all shows, and I was crying from laughing, and it was because Neil was dying when the kid, the dude was talking about karate. Yeah, I think that might have been a two lane game last year. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that guy needs to call in more. Yeah. Kind of weird, yeah. but. Um, All good. Um, yeah. so, what's, what's on your mind? Judkins, All-American freshman team. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I keep I keep n- noting it every week just because it keeps going up. I mean, and now some of this is, had you given me an over-under, I would have said Ole Miss's career record would have been higher than that. But he is, I mean, just doing the quick math, He's already almost 30% to the career record for 100-yard games for his career. Duke has record, right? Yeah, 14. Judkins has four and a 98-yard game. Yeah, he's going to break that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's four out of seven and basically five out of seven had Lane realized he was two yards away. Yeah. What what game was the 98-yard game? Uh, Maybe Georgia Tech. Yeah, he would have given that to. I don't know. He he might be the most talented running back. I mean, look, I've been look. I'm only 27. I've been following Ole Miss pretty religiously since about 2007, 2008. So I know Dex. You know, everyone post Dex, but he seems like the most complete running back. I mean, when you get him in space, he's just. It doesn't matter who he's going up against. He's gonna be a problem. I'm uh, um, going to take a quick, quick, quick aside here. You, I think you misspoke. You're catching some grief in the stream. Your, your parents are on an anniversary trip, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah, yeah. Did okay. I misspeak? Did I say you, honeymoon? You said honeymoon. People had questions. Well, that's all right. I'm like four vodka <laughs> drinks in. They get over it. Okay. Yeah. It's I'm not a bastard, guy. Take it easy. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> uh, no, look, yeah, Judkins is special. And look, Evans was really good today. I mean, Evans ends up with like 135, and we're barely even talking about him. I mean, and that was the that, – that game was so weird because, look, it looked like it was going to be just an easy blowout. And then it Dart looked really good the first couple of drives. Just the way he managed the offense, he, you know, he has a tendency – I've been noticing, and correct me if uh, you think different – he used to just make really bad throws. Now I think he just holds on to the ball too long. I think that's it now. It's that's kind of like his next thing. I think they got to work with him on because he ha- he has gotten better at not locking in on the same receiver for the whole play. 
No, he'll hit a check down now. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, there was one play, and, I mean, it didn't matter because he got the ball off in time. I think it might have been in the first or second quarter. I think, God, I can't pronounce his last name, but the color commentary guy that um, even noted he was like, yeah, he, he – and, I mean, it was a good point. He – no one was there, and he was just kind of scrambling, and his only option was throw it up or throw it away, and he just took way long to throw it away, and he took an unnecessary hit. That's kind of, I think, his next step. They just got to kind of get him – but he is getting better. I think he's absolutely getting better. But I will – you know, and look, I like Partridge. Or is it pronounced Partridge or is it Patridge? It's Partridge. Yeah, it's Partridge. It's Partridge? Okay. Um, I didn't like them going in a three-man front all game long. I didn't like that. I, 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 I didn't like it if you had to stop it. If you had a competent quarterback on the other side that could run an offense with a straight drop back, I think you'd probably go to a four-man. I still think that they were in the three-man because you were just – essentially trying to spy Ashford and do anything to create a third and four or more and to keep everything in front of you where there was not some free release blitz things. They, they were not blitzing because you didn't want to give Ashford a chance to hit some gaps and Auburn hit a big play. They, they did not think Auburn could consistently drive the football for the entire game 80 yards on them. Yeah. Um, I don't think it had, works against Alabama. There was a lot of art being thrown out on those tackles. I mean, and look, Troy had a bad one, but at the same time, Troy's hurt, so I'll give him a pass on it. But, I mean, that wasn't the only time. They had plays that, you know, they could have stopped, and they ended up gaining 10-plus yards because they were just throwing arms out there on defense. The tackling was really sloppy today, I thought. The angles were worse than usual. Know, it was almost like they were surprised by the speed and didn't kind of fix it enough or quickly enough. And then a lot of arm tackling. Yeah, I mean, that's what I told Jeffrey when I when he was on the call. I thought that there was too much Auburn getting two, three yards on a carry just because they were able to drag a defender for a little while. I mean, you're even seeing Ashford do it on that last series when had they just sort of met, met him at the point of contact and, and made the tackle there, the game would have been over two series before it was. Yeah, I mean, what really annoyed me is because well, it didn't really annoy me. It's just kind of how football is. If they have a better play call on that first drive when they ran that quarterback sneak on fourth and one and they get it and or they kick the field goal, you know, that's three points right there. On the drive where I think it was on a third down in our own territory, I don't know if Warren thought Dart was under center or what, but it was just a bad snap. And I think it was like third medium. They, you know, they had the potential to drive. And I was texting my brother. I was like, man, we're, we're up 21 nothing, but it should be at minimum 27 nothing right now. And mm-hmm. I think Neil pointed out, I caught a little bit of his call. Um, I caught the last bit of him calling in. They can't do that next weekend. Not in that environment. I don't think they can. I know LSU has issues, but that is going to be a very loud, drunk, wild atmosphere they can't just disappear a quarter at a time and that's really concerning to me and the other concerning thing is that you know they let Auburn who has had you know issues run the ball they let Auburn kind of run all over him you know 
I don't – John Emery's a really good running back. All my LSU buddies love him. They think he has all the potential in the world. I'm not going to say Tank Bigsby, but he can gas you, and then they're going to have to go on the road in A&M, and I can't – I don't remember what that running back's name is, but he can absolutely gas you. And then they got to play hey, Jameer Shane. Gibbs and Alabama. Hey, Shane, yeah. And then they got to, and then they got to go on the road and play Arkansas. Who, and they have a really good running back. So they I score points and like, nothing else. I mean, say, that's oh it. my that's god, the blown coverage, yeah. huh? The blown coverage. Tennessee sacked Bryce Young on first down for a loss of, I don't know, hell, ten or twelve. And on the very next play, they blow a coverage, don't recognize a wheel route, and Alabama picks up like thirty-five. Very next play. Yeah, I took Alabama minus the nine. I'm starting to regret that. Yeah, they're not going to cover the nine. I mean, they're down seven right now, but they are first and goal with 10-29 to go to go back and tie it. I did take Iowa State to cover. I think they were a double-digit dog. They covered. I took the over in Oklahoma, Kansas, and I took Arkansas. And at that point, the spread was a pick em, so I just put a bunch of money on Arkansas because um, I, don't, I don't think BYU is very good. But, oh. you know, I – I get being frustrated, but at the same time, and what pissed me off is that in that first quarter, Auburn looked like a team that had mentally just checked out, like they knew it was over, and then we just kind of let them back in the game. And that's, that's really the thing, and I think Neil's done a really good job of breaking it down. If you disappear a quarter at a time in this league, you're going to get beat. It's going to happen. Um, and, I mean, they were non-existent in the first half against Vanderbilt. You know, they had trouble offensively in the second half against Kentucky, and then they were en route to a blowout in the first quarter against Auburn, and then they just kind of let it get away from them. But, I mean, the running game's there. I'm really hoping they bring in some new blood at receiver next season. I don't know if it's the receiver's fault this year why the passing game is non-existent. Well, I won't say it's non-existent, but – if you get what I'm saying, it's almost – I mean, how many passes did Dart throw today? 19. Not even 20, Nine of 19. Yeah, and I think a lot of his completions came in the first quarter, honestly, or his first half. Like, I think he threw, like, two or three touchdowns, but outside of Mingo and uh, Jordan Watkins has looked good the past couple of weeks. I don't know if he did much today, but – I think they really need a guy like Aiden Williams to come in. Like, I don't know if they're going to process a bunch of guys, but I think they need to get some new blood in at the receiver position. But Watkins was actually their highest receiver from a reception standpoint. He was like four for 44. So he caught how many times darts passes? Did did they throw it to Kyron Heath at all today, or was it just Kelly? Uh, It was just Kelly. I think two, two targets, one catch, if I have it off the top of my head. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good in the next couple of years, but he's just not there yet, which sucks because they'd love to have a tight end presence right now. And I'm not knocking Casey Kelly. It's just, you know, Michael Triggs is a lot more athletic than he is. But um, last thing, I just found out I'm going to the Saints game tomorrow. God bless you. So, Lattimore, you don't think there's any chance that they win that game? I'm not saying that. I don't think there's a chance that they're going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what's the difference? Lose. 
Well, you know, when if you have a chance to go to a Saints game for free and just have a good well, time, well, no, I have no problem with you going to the game. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying I, I would. It's I, I, look, I'm in the middle of changing expectations. Okay, so yes, you're going to the game simply well, to go to the like game and hope are. it's a good day and whatever. I'm just I'm still coming down off what what was anticipated. That's all. Yeah, I'm hoping we beat. I, I'm hoping I don't get too drunk because I may pick a fight with a bunch of Saints fans that I'm getting really annoyed this whole week with these Saints fans that are also LSU fans that are just switching sides conveniently for this week. That pisses me off. I was talking to a buddy about why. some of that. Of Yeah, it's uh, – It's annoying. Um, I, 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 you know – I get it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, that's cool. You can root for former LSU players. Look, I root for every NFL team that has an Ole Miss player on it as long as they're not playing the Saints. And sure. there's a lot of LSU fans that are just like, well, the Saints are bad, so I just want Joe and them to win a game so they can get closer to the No, like, get the hell out of here with that. That's really annoying to me. Yeah, that doesn't count. You but, can't do that. No, nah, that's, that's, that's being a flake. Yeah, but yeah. all right, man. Appreciate you taking the call. All right, later, Bob. Alabama on fourth down ties the game. I assume they made the kick. I didn't really see that part. Forty-two all. I guess they're in Knoxville. Hell of a game today for the CBS game of the week, where Ole Miss will be next week for the LSU game with the Rebels. So uh, there's a. Uh, there's that. Oh, we changed the name. That's funny. Um, no, look, I want the Saints to win. It has nothing to do with that. I just, again, it's just changing expectations. They're they're not going to do a ton. That's all. Uh, the white V on my neck. I have a polo on under a pullover. Is that what you mean? I don't know. Yeah, there you go. There's a commercial. 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, number nine Ole Miss at LSU. Baton Rouge next week for that. All right, last call. Anybody else want to call in before we wrap it up? We're at two, about 2.20 on the, uh, on the show today. When do we start getting confused on R or what are we talking about? Yeah, Alabama kicking off from the fourth quarter in that one there in Knoxville right now. Just about to kick it. They do have a really good game day when when it's going right. I mean, I haven't been there since 2010 or whenever that was. Ole Miss was there. But, I mean, they do. They've got a good game day. 8.32 to go, fourth quarter, Alabama and Tennessee. Number three, number six. So, a Bama win, and, I mean, I guess – I guess Ole Miss would would hop them. I don't know how far Bama would fall with a loss. So, all right. Uh, anybody else? I said last thing six six two two five nine seven five five six is the phone number for this one. Oh, KJ's hurt. I'm assuming you mean KJ Jefferson in the Arkansas game. I have not clicked over there since it just went to that game when I when the delay was on at Ole Miss and Auburn. I watched five, ten minutes of that before flipping over to Alabama and Tennessee. 
during the rest of the rain, the rain delay. All right, so about eight minutes to go here. Not getting anything else on the call, it doesn't look like, at least now. Um, appreciate all you guys. Hope you're all, uh, should you take Bama minus one and a half? Yeah, I would take Bama minus one and a half right now, I think. I mean, look, Tennessee's got, Tennessee very well may win this game, but they've got to kind of prove it to me a little bit. I just think that's the that's the case. Hardman, enjoy your ribs. Hope they uh, hope they go well. If you're on the message board, give us a tell us how you did it. Give us a uh, give us a recipe for that. Oh wow, TD Bama. Okay, so yeah, we'll watch the last of that game again. Appreciate everybody. Hope you have a wonderful day. Pocket Watch, appreciate you with the super chat and all you guys that uh, that gave that. Thanks to Brian, Jeffrey, and Neil as well. If you're at rebelgrove.com, let's go over there and continue the conversation uh, on the message board and the last rest of the night for college football. So uh, for, uh, for myself and everybody else who went with it today for me and with me, I appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you again here on Monday. Well, everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.